Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. This is just a preamble to our regular show. Uh, in essence, we've got uh, some interesting news. Russell T. Davies has returning as the showrunner on Doctor Who. Obviously, we'll have a new Doctor after this last season um, with the female Doctor. I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head. But yeah, so she's leaving and the showrunner's leaving and he's coming back. And he is the original uh, showrunner from when the show got rebooted with Christopher Eccleston. I believe he was a showrunner through David Tennant's run. Um and if memory serves, I believe he left at the end of that, and that's when Moffat took over for for Matt Smith's run. I think that's correct. Um, but anyway, uh, we've got that. And also, and I want to say a shout-out to uh, Michael Kellersham, who brought us that news. So that, that, that popped off overnight. And also, as we discussed in the show, uh, the estate of Steve Ditko has filed suit against Disney regarding uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Now, Disney have retaliated with counter-suing against the families, including the brother of Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and other artists uh, trying to get courts to declare them as the sole owners of the uh, you know, host of properties. Um, so a big legal battle shaping in the works there, which we'll watch with interest. And as always, um, you know, I'm, I basically, you know, I'm on record. I think the treatment at the big two of the creators has been appalling, and this is just one more slap in the face. Um, but, you know, Disney have a team of lawyers working around the clock and have probably been waiting for this. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. The same lawyer who represented the Kirby estate, who actually didn't actually get what they wanted, but ended up settling uh, out of court, uh, he is representing again, and he's saying he regrets not going to the Supreme Court, which is probably where I think they might stand a chance. Um, it's going to be interesting. Okay, just one last thing in the preamble. Basically, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, and Sal Buscema um, have re-teamed at discussing what Tom DeFalco was mentioning on his appearance on Signal of Doom. They're doing a comic book called The Right Project. Uh, I have shared the links on our Facebook page and on our Signal of Doom message group. Um, you can support it on Indiegogo. I'll put the links up again. It's called The Right Project, R-I-G-H-T Project. As I said, Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, who we'll all know from Spider-Man, Spider-Girl, lots of stuff they've done together. And Sal Buscema, I mean, this guy, you know, his legacy is out of the park. So, yeah, I mean, I really think that it's worth checking out. There's a classic, like, old-school kind of cover. And I just think of all the fun Tom DeFalco stories that I've read, the Fantastic Four run, um, obviously his Spider-Man run for me is just amazing. So I think it's a lot of fun. Um, they're big friends of the show, so support them and enjoy. Uh, but anyway, so that's all the you know preamble news from the popped off overnight, and enjoy the regular show. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 234. It's a huge episode. It's action-packed. I'm Dave. I'm here with Adam, the computer. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm sleepy. Sleepy. I'm Grumpy or just <laughs> yeah. sleepy? Oh, just, just sleepy. Just sleepy. And meanwhile, we've got the Emerald Avenger himself, Rich. Rich, how are you? Also sleepy, but for Sleepy? What the hell? At 5 a.m. I can take it in Dayton, Ohio. It's well, 5 a.m. To be fair, I have been up since 6 a.m. this morning. So. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. I've been there up since go. about 7.30 a.m. 
But, um, Adam, I do want to say thank you for coming on to Signal. We always love you coming on. And thank you for making that big uh, sacrifice. When it goes to daylight saving, will it be better or worse? I don't even know. I've got no idea. Um, uh, I'm not really sure it. either. We'll um, I think out. we'll only be out of sync for a month, so between October and November. Right. And then we should be normal again, I think, right? I don't know. Yeah, because normally when we record, it's for Legion Outpost, um, it's um, your evening normally, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yep. normally early here, yeah. Uh, anyway, but thank you very much for coming on, Adam. I thought... Um, You'd like to come on for the opportunity. Uh, the book this week, Superman Secret Origin. Uh, your boy, both your boys, Jeff Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, guys. I mean, this is a, a you know, top-tier talent. Mm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will say Gary Frank makes a few decisions that I find a bit puzzling um, at times. Um, uh, see, I, uh, <laughs> I agree with it more... Uh, when he first came on Superman for like Superman and the Legion, yeah, there were some faces every now and then. Where here, I feel like he's mostly worked them out. But I'll be no, he has, to see. he has, he has, he has. There's a fight. Sorry, go ahead, Rich. I, I think his biggest problem is the teeth. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes yeah, I think he just so. he makes his uh, the mouths too gummy. Possibly, yeah. Like there's, there's just certain scenarios where you're like, I don't think I would see the person's gums. Yeah, if they were pulling their mouth like that, and I think that's just what um, throws you off sometimes. It's just sometimes the mouths look a bit unnatural. There's a there's a one in Doomsday Clock, Adam. You pointed to it with Legion turns up in Doomsday Clock, and he makes Saturn Girl look a, look like a murderess. Um, she, there's there's a just something with her smile. She looks like psychotic. Um, mm. And but there is a great one which deserves to be on like a Hall of Shame. Where it's like a twelve-year-old Superman with like a twenty-two-year-old Christopher Reeve's head on it, and it's just like I just I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, who said, "Yeah, this is good"? Like this, it, it's like a adult Christopher Reeve on like a twelve-year-old body. You'll have to point that out to us because I didn't notice that in this one. I noticed it, man. I noticed it big time, and um, it, made me, it did make me chuckle. Because I was like, oh, I remember you uh, last time going on and on about Humberto Ramos and the worst, <laughs> the worst drawing you have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, well, Which it I wasn't felt as, was a bit dramatic. It wasn't we'll as see. bad as that. Like, um, but I remember with the Spice Girl shoes on Impulse, he had like the big high heel steppers on, um, to a ridiculous level. Um, now. Firstly, Rich. I mean, let's turn to Rich first. How has your week been, Rich? I feel feel like we've hardly spoken. What's been going on? Not not much. Not much. <laughs> just working, working, playing, and shit. You know, just yeah. the usual stuff. Right. What games are you playing at the moment? What computer games? Uh, still, still busy with the uh, the Final Fantasy online. Oh, right. Okay. Loving it. And that's on your computer, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think you, as I said, you can play it on PlayStation or PC, but I, I prefer playing those sort of games on PC. So, okay, cool. Um, and uh, your readings, which have what have you been doing, man? Like, other than the show, or has it just been show readings for you this week? Uh, I've been reading the most recent uh, Richard A. Knack, uh, Rex Draconis, uh, book in the series, and that's oh, about it. Cool, love it. Adam, what about yourself? What's been going on since the last time we spoke? I think we, we did a Legion Outpost last week, didn't we? I've got a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yep, with Rich. With um, Rich, yeah. Yeah, not much. Uh, 
you guys you led exciting lives. Like, well, what are you doing? Oh, not much. Like, you know, <laughs> fucking well, take well, it. That's how life works. Take, totally, Dave. Taking it day by day, you know. Like, um, as for me, uh, I lost my temper. If either of you can believe it, earlier this week, I I was in an Elvis mood. You know, I, I like to turn to Elvis at times, and um, I obviously went to the '68 comeback special, which I always love, where Elvis is in the black leather, really giving it a hundred and ten percent. And I wanted the song, one of my favourite songs. Um, is it called "If I I Had a Dream" or "If I Dream"? You know that you, when all my brothers walk hand in hand. You know that song. Um, anyway, it's a classic Elvis song, and I I put it. On, I found it on my phone, and like I, I go, I sit down to um, what you know, listen to it. And it starts, and it's got the classic start, and Elvis starts singing. And then, like, at about the 25-second mark, suddenly some fucking idiot from, like, today starts chiming in. And I'm like, oh, I, I was actually, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, Michelle was like, sitting, I was like, what the fuck is this on my Elvis song? And they had the temerity to do, it was called the best of the 68 comeback special, and, like, so they'd selected, like, the top, you know, 10 or 15 tracks, put it on, like, the playlist, or put it on the actual album, sorry, and then on the final fucking song, maybe the best song, they've put all these idiots from today, and, like, duetting, like, digitally with him. Obviously, they weren't alive when Elvis was, like, ruling. And I was like, who thought this was a good idea to put it on, I put that on a duets album or something, you know, you're trying to milk the cow dry, but like you put it on the classic '68 special, best of. I, I was rich. Could you imagine my annoyance? Because I was, I, I basically, I was looking. I was going to write a letter, basically. Yes, yeah, so I, I can definitely see you getting worked <laughs> up over something like that. Oh man, I was like, it was just ridiculous. Like, don't put. If you want to hear the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper, I want to hear that. I don't want to hear the fuck whip from Coldplay coming on and doing a duet. You, you, you know what I'm saying, Adam? Like, it's it's false advertising. Like, I'm sorry, Sean <clears throat> Mendez, whoever that is. Um, you weren't, you weren't, I've never heard of you in my life, and I certainly didn't appreciate you turning up on the comeback special. Uh, I do have a smart-ass question for you. So they've changed the song completely now. You can never listen to the original song? Is that right? I... No, the, on on the, this is the thing. This is the, no, no, I think they shot it in the space. This is this is this is this is the, what I'm saying, Rich. They on the on the, here it is. Okay, I found it. So if I can dream from the NBC blah blah blah, you know, comeback special. It's called the best of the six Jack comeback special. Relive the electrifying night that resurrected the king's career. And firstly, can I just say I don't think his his career was ever dead at any point, but. So, in 1960-fucking-eight, when he did If I Can Dream, do you guys remember it? It's when he's in the white suit. He opens the special with it. You know, and he's like... I know the white suit, but I don't yeah. know the song. Oh, it's a great it's song. It's an absolutely fantastic song. And um, they've just added this shit in at the end. And I don't think that, looking at this playlist, Suspicious Minds wasn't recorded by Elvis by 68. I don't think Burning Love was either. So they just added some shit in at the end that's not even part of the special and then call it the best of the special. I think it's fake advertising. It's fake news. I'm I'm honestly just confused by the whole thing. Like, uh, <laughs> was it an album then? Not not like it. Uh, it's it, not like it. I can tell you what it was. I can I can break it down for you, Adam, because you're a youngster. Okay, in the '60s, okay, Elvis, who'd been the king of rock, went to the army, and the Beatles became very popular. And when he when he came back. 
he he mainly did movies and and songs from movies. He didn't tour, and basically, um, Colonel Parker said to him, "We need to get you back where you belong." And he did a comeback special. He shed about he shed a lot of pounds, got in the black leather, and he he recorded a TV special, um, but it was shot over multiple nights. You know, they selected the best performances for the TV special. They you know which they obviously did put out as an album as well. So what this was was collecting the so-called best moments of the TV special and some of the other stuff that didn't make the final album. He recorded like about four, for about three nights. So what these idiots have done, they've selected like, you know, 12 songs he performed and then they've just added a few greatest hits in at the end. And then, and then to make matters even worse, not they, they, it's not like they've just put left the original in there as well. They've only put in the duet version, which is what is really galling me. Mm. I mean, who the yeah, fuck wants to hear Post Malone, whoever the fuck that is, on Elvis? You really don't know who any of these people are? I, 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 I know the name, as in I've seen the like, name before. Yeah, it doesn't and, seem like what people would want. But is it, and is this something, is this like a pay-per-view or something that you paid for, or? It's on my Apple Music. Like I pay for my Apple Music, yeah, yeah. Like it's you know it's it's a, it's a, a proper release. Like my my point is, you can um you can basically find the actual proper thing, but the, what they call the best of the TV comeback special, sixty eight special, I I just think is just garbage. Anyway, I mean, I just wanted to put it out there that I am not happy. I'm not thrilled, and you know, it's not. This story isn't over, basically. Elvis would be spinning in his grave if, if Sean Mendes, whoever the fuck that is, and Post Malone, who I don't even care who that is. So, if I can dream, Elvis Presley, Post Malone, Sean Mendes, Darius Rucker, Blake Shelton, and Carrie Underwood. Okay. So, it's yeah. just the one song that they changed, I guess, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and all these idiots are getting on there and, like, duetting with the king. Well, not changed. They haven't changed the song. Yes, they have. They've special. spliced in all these other morons. So you can never listen to the original ever again. You, you can't listen you can. to the original version of the song. You can, but what? So I'm they saying, haven't changed the song. But then. what I'm yes, they have. They've altered the song and put on the best of the special. No, they've put a version of the song on. But they don't have the I original. I agree that it sounds shit, but they haven't. They haven't changed the but, song. But, but, but they have. They've taken off the original. The original was like one of the biggest tracks of, of spe- things he did on that TV special. It was one, it's one of the most iconic Elvis moments, and they've taken that away and replaced it with this shit modern version, which I don't even... I see understand. your point. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. Is there weird. other recordings, though, like other albums, like an older release that You, you can get other releases, but what annoys me is if you, if you, if you go... Oh, because if someone sees, like me, best of the comeback special... I'm like, sweet, yeah, I, I just want the best of it. I don't need, like, four versions of the same song over four nights, you know what I mean? Because you can, you can have that option where you can get one where it's, like, you know, every everything he performed on every night kind of thing, you know, over four nights. And I'm like, I don't need that much of us. Um, I just want the cream of the crop. But what frustrates me is the fact that they've taken away a lot of the tracks, inserted some of the greatest hits that he performed after that weren't performed during that night because he had never even created them. And then added in this shit new version. I, I I just don't like it. It's the repackaging. It, to me, it's like if if I if I bought Sgt. Pepper and I put it on the turntable and the f- guy from Coldplay was singing along with Paul McCartney, and I'd be like, this isn't what I wanted, you know. That's what. So, 
So you you you're happy to go back and and edit comic books and add things in from previous <laughs> stories, but not music. Exactly. You right. draw the line at music. I do. Got him. I do. I do. I do. I do draw the line there, man. But that is a nice shot across the bow. Well, they're just so... adding things in for the modern audience, Dave. They're trying to get the youngsters in to listen to albums. Yeah, but but what they should have done is they should have had the original and this new shit version. Then I would have been okay with it. It's the sure. Fact... I agree. I can agree with that. It's sure. the fact that they took the original away. Now, moving aside from that, where I was quite enraged, and Michelle was laughing because I got so worked up about it, and I was just so, had the shits. Um, there is a search on at the moment in the Signal Doom archives for a missing show, Adam. Uh, it's a mystery show that Stu and I recorded. So before your time, Ridge, um, you were alive. You just weren't part of the Signal. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so Stu and I recorded an episode Shortly before he left the show, but after I came back from Hawaii, and I was got very, I was actually ill while I was recording it, but then I got really ill and was basically bedridden for almost two weeks. Um, and the show was fully recorded, like we're recording tonight. Now, from my distant memory, there was a technical glitch of some sort which made it harder to convert than and edit the normal. And when I got back on my feet, I just, I pretty much had to get back on my feet and record a show the next day. And then I basically just lost the, and then I changed my computer. So I just never actually went to get that show. But I remembered it the other night and thought, oh, there's a bit of material that I could probably put on the Patreon or something like that. And um, thought it'd be a bit of fun. You know, uh, we could, a bit of a, a bit of a Lost Classics from Stu as well, who was a big part of the show for a hundred episodes. And um, I'd obviously let him know that um, we're doing it and. You know, I mean, he's he's not seeing any piece of the profits, but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it'd be uh, a bit of fun, don't you think, Ad, Adam? Like, uh, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Bit of a lost album. Now, the the only challenge is my technical ability um, <laughs> and my bad memory. So I I I basically before the show tonight, I went back and on my drive when i when i my old computer had finally died i actually got off all the shows that we recorded on the old computer which was about 130 um, and so i've narrowed it down so i and i even remember what a book that we were doing it was a book by one of the writers of ghost rider and i it's the only thing i remember about the show that i was really confused by one of the comics um, so I will, I will find it and, um, it won't take that much research and I, I actually think I might even have it and, and, and I'll put it up if I can. So expect that over the next week, signal listeners. And that is also a shout out to Patreon. Thank you for the people who've joined recently. Um, patreon.com slash signal doom. Look, I try to add in extra little bits and pieces. Dean and I are about to do another episode. Michael Kellershin has requested uh, a movie, uh, Yo Jimbo. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting. Um, now, uh, basically for me, it's been a continuation of Dave's Bronze Age era. Um, we've got Steve Inglehart coming up next week. Rich, you excited? Mm, very. Can't, I can't wait, man. It's going to be, I, I cannot, I said to Ray, smoke a bowl and fucking really chill out because we're going to get real deep. We're going to get real deep. I've been working on these questions. I'm like a fucking crown prosecutor. Um, I am I am loaded. Lois is loaded, you know, and ready to roll with Stephen Gahart. Let's take it right through the seventies. I won't give anything away, but let's just say this is going to be, I think, one of the greatest interviews that's ever been recorded by anyone in the history of mankind. 
Um, that's my prediction. Cool. So no, no hype on Dave's part. No, no, no hype at all. Frost Nixon. Frost Nixon. That's 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 where I always go to as the pinnacle of interviewing. You know, in yeah, this but case, why, but but the thing is, we just, I don't know why you always have to go for the uh, antagonistic <laughs> references. We're not like we're not grilling him because he's committed a crime or that we know or, or something. That we Can know. You think of a more positive. Sure, I, I'm just Lois is excited. Lois, like, you know, Lois loves a scandal. Um, there's no scandals here. If we're gonna we're gonna hype a, a guy that I consider one of the greatest writers comics I've ever had, um, and we're just thrilled to have him on the show. And then. Uh, less than two weeks after that, Chuck Dixon's coming back, which I'm also extremely excited by for, I believe, his fourth or fifth lead, um, uh, signal appearance, and I am extremely excited about that. So we've got two big guests coming up over the next couple of weeks, um, and I've also got a stack of questions for um, for Chuck, all lined up and ready to go. And I do want to encourage listeners, um, look, we've got a packed board, but if, if anyone has anything that they'd like to ask either Chuck or Steve, um, please um, message me on Facebook or message me through the Facebook page or signalofdoom at gmail.com. Any of those options, I monitor the entire social media feed. It's it's all me. Um, I am just like the human computer. And, um, yeah, and, you know, like, you know, put your, submit your questions, as I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, uh you know, it'll, they will be asked, and uh, and I'm really excited. I'm real. I'm actually really looking forward to it. And next week, Rich, we're doing um, Gre- the Green Lantern one that Stephen Gahart wrote. Yeah. Yes, uh, we're going to do uh, Tales of the Green Lantern Core Volume Three. I think right. it is. Okay, and um, and Rich, Rich's job is he's he's going to be all over that, and he's going to ask a couple of Green Lantern questions, Stephen Gahart. Because I've, you know, I mean, I'm, I've got, I'm going to go in so deep with Batman, JLA, and um, Captain America. I've got one of the best Captain America questions ever. I, I, I'm just dying for. It. I'll, be, I'll be so disappointed if he's like, I don't remember. It was like, that <laughs> well, that's ago. always the danger. It is always the danger. Like whether it's like it was just a paycheck, you know. Um, well, not just that. I mean, they've written. I mean, they've written for decades. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, you know, sometimes what you wrote, like. 40 years ago, 30 years ago, you might not remember why or sure. what but, you were thinking. But that. I'm, but dude, I'm going into moods. You know what I mean? It, I've, I've got stuff in this that I think is going to go beneath the surface. I think he's going to be surprised by some of it. Like when, when I, when I said to James DiMatteis, that thing about God and all that shit, I remember that I, he was like, wow, excellent question. And I was like, yeah, thank you. I mean, <laughs> I like, he was actually like God and the devil are all one and everything. And he just need to keep reading Dave. And I was like, Wow. It's getting as deep as what I was thinking. Like, I was at that... Remember I said to you, Rich, that I said inside the heart of Satan there is the fallen angel. Perhaps that's what he was referring to. And when I put that question to JM, he said, it's actually even deeper than that, Dave. He, it is... God is the devil. That's right. You didn't go deep enough. I was Dave. like, Jesus. Oh, you're like, so shallow. Uh, well, I, I thought I was already plunging the depths of my kind of, like, consciousness. And then I was like, wow, this guy's really gone... He's yeah. I was I was blown away. I was like, wow, we. I mean, and then I liked the way he's like, you didn't read enough. I'm like, fuck. I slogged through a fucking massive epic collection. Like, Jesus like, Christ, how much more do I have to read? Like, nice. but wow. yeah, it's it's great stuff. I mean, we're recapping of some of our greatest moments. But you know, I, I I was just so thrilled by that, and I'm really looking forward to this um to this interview now. Hey, uh, real quick, when you re-release some of these greatest moments, could you get um 
what? you know, somebody like Sam or uh, Sean Mendez to come in and be <laughs> part of it, you know. Who maybe the fuck is Sean Mendez like anyway? I don't even know who it is. Like, or maybe Post Malone. Post Malone. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, the only thing I know about Post Malone is the name because it's so stupid, really. And, um, I, look, I would... My favorite thing that Post Malone has done, which I thoroughly enjoyed, was uh, watching him get shot by Jason Statham uh, in uh, that new movie. Was it the... I Am Wrath or something, wasn't it? Yes, uh, Wrath of Man. Wrath of oh, Man. Great. Yeah. It was really good. I enjoyed that. I've never... I, I wouldn't know this guy, I assume it's a guy, if I fell over them. Like... Uh, if you had to see him, trust me, you wouldn't, you wouldn't forget him. Right. Yeah, he's got a bunch of dumb like face tattoos. Oh right. god, covered. really? He's covered from head to toe. Oh really? Oh okay. So is he a rapper? Hi, Shep. Not. Yeah, well, hip, like hip hop, yeah. R and B ish kind of. Yeah. Jesus, no, thank you to to any of the above. Um, yeah, like what a loser! And the fact <laughs> that he's on a fucking song with Elvis is just ridiculous. Like, frankly. But anyway, let's, let's not get sidetracked by that. We've already covered that topic. Um, now, we've got some big news here, Rich, and it came to us through our friend Ronald Acosta, who was on the news beat. Uh, Steve Ditko Estate has filed copyright termination notices uh, for Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And oh, basically, did we, both, did we both add that in the news? Well, I only added it in today because Ronald Acosta um, told me about it, so perhaps you added it in later. But anyway, yeah, so... I'm happy to read some more of the article. It's very similar to what the Jack Kirby estate did before they settled. Uh, and the Jack Kirby... And others have done it. The guy who did Friday the 13th one, Clive Barker one, doing this, and there was another notable... Um, yeah, I was going to say the Superman family had him yes. wrapped up for a while. Yeah. Uh, but but that's that's different, though. Oh, um, so the, 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 the part where they're going to come into um, problems is... Superman was created and then sold. So uh, uh, Schuster and all that, they actually created Superman. Yeah. And then they went to companies to see who would buy it, who would publish it. Yeah. So that's a transfer of copyright. Oh, okay. Well, I guess the issue then was... But if you work for a company and you create something for them as a work for hire or an employee, you're not you're not transferring the copyright because you're actually creating it for the company. That was the problem that um, the uh, Kirby estate ran into, but they ended up settling out of court. So there is speculation that the Steve Gitko's brother could just be looking for a out-of-court settlement. Of course he is. That's like, yeah, they're, they're <clears throat> trying to scare them with the Supreme Court because Marvel and DC are terrified of the Supreme Court ruling against them. And that's why they settled uh, the forums too. I don't think it's more that. It's more, again, it's the PR. Because they won't, I don't think they would win. I mean, you can tie it up, but uh, the, the laws are pretty clear as to what is work for hire and what is a yes, transfer. Yes, but of also what, what gets brought into account is the deals themselves. Were the deals done in good faith? And was it an equitable deal? That also gets brought in as well. And believe you me, uh, the Jack Kirby estate settled on the courtroom steps. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens. I mean, what's weird, though, is that Steve Ditko didn't do this while he was alive. Like, I, I, I mean, this guy well, he was... He didn't have friend. any interest in it when he was alive, I was reading in the articles. Oh, um, yeah, he, he became just a shut-in and he didn't care anymore. But didn't he care about cash? Like, and... and I don't think so. Stan no, I think Lee... He, he washed his hands of the whole thing. Really? Wow. 
Okay, but obviously, the, you know, his, his um, I assume, grandchildren or whoever do care. Um, well, his brother, apparently. It's his brother who's filing the claim. His brother's got to be pretty old, really. Well, he's probably, he could have had a younger brother. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, so it'll be interesting. And it's it's very similar to... Because wasn't there a big thing about... Because um, as with Superman, a lot of the stuff that we know as Superman got, you know, like Jimmy Olsen and et cetera, et cetera, was brought in via radio plays and stuff that wasn't necessarily done by Siegel and Schuster. Um, and the thing he's claiming copyright of is the original Amazing Fantasy, what number is it, 15? And mm-hmm. whatever the original issue of Doctor Strange is, so that's what he's specifically filing over. Um, well, they're claiming that they own half the copyright, yes. Yeah. Or that they should, half the copyright should come back to them. And that includes other things more than just Spider-Man. It included... Um, well, for example... Well, the big two are Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Yeah. That's the two that they finally know. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, you would think that probably Disney will just uh, either tie it up with lawyers forever or just quietly pay it out um, and move on. You know, that's mm. what you would think. But, I mean, I always... I, I personally think, like, frankly, that, like, Disney, I mean, Disney and Warners have screwed over creators so for so long that, like, anything anyone can get out of them, I think, is a victory. So it'll be interesting. I mean, you have to have deep pockets, though. He's a nephew. He's a nephew. Patrick J. Ditko, nephew of the prolific artist. Um, oh, I thought I read an article that said it was his brother. Yeah, so who are other people? Wes Craven won over Nightmare on Elm Street. Clive Barker with his novella that inspired Hellraiser. And perhaps the most famous case is that of screenwriter Victor Miller, who wrote the original screenplay um, for the original Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, um, but again, you see, those are different because you create them before you sell them. Hmm. Right, yeah. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. The problem with the comic book industry is if you work for Marvel, you work for DC, and you create something for them, as in they've hired you to do hire. it, you're not selling You haven't created it yourself and are selling it to them. So, as I said, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes about. I think it's going to be very interesting, you know. And and, and I still don't understand why, if you create a book series, you you own the character. And yet in the comics, it was it was like, oh, the company owns it, you know. And it's like, well... What do you mean? With books. Say if I because, write a No, no, book. because, Dave, when you write a book, hmm. you sit down and you decide, I'm going to create a character in a book. Hmm. Once you've written that book, you then take it to a publisher hmm. to look for someone to publish it, but you have created it by yourself. But that's what Siegel and Schuster did. No, 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 no. That's what Siegel and Schuster did. that's what they did, which yeah. is why they won. Right. But the problem with Kirby and Ditko is they didn't create it outside of work and then go to work and say, I have created this. Do you want to buy it from me? Hmm. They were hired to create a character. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the company's argument. And that, but well, today, I mean, it would be the difference between publishing through Image or publishing mm. through DC. Like, mm. you know, they bring you in to write the book as opposed to Image where you're creating something and taking it to Image. Well, look, a little bit different. We can simplify this. Okay, let's say DC comes to you as a writer and they say, we want you to create a new villain for Batman. Yeah. You yeah. are creating that for DC. Yeah, definitely. You don't own it. Yeah, but, th- you, but that's because DC and Marvel it. have cornered the market. Like, that's... that's... Yeah. No, but precisely what we just like bought a lot as well. Don't forget that when we back in the heyday of comics, mm. they were going around and buying up a lot of, mm. you know, they were buying a lot of characters. But again, the problem is once they became popular 
and then they hired people to create stuff, that's where it changes the copyright law changes then. They give the shitty participation rights to the to the to the writers. So here so here's the thing. What makes the notice determination hard to achieve for creators and their families comes down to the classification of how it was created. Marvel will no doubt make the case that Ditko created Spider Man Doctor Strange's work for hire which could give Marvel the copyright permanently and not entitle the Dicto estate to any compensation. Uh, Dicto's family will make the argument that these creations were made by Dicto and then sold slash licensed to Marvel at the time, perhaps under a fair, unfair deal, which would make them not a work-for-hire creation. So it also goes into mm. the makings of the deal, and sometimes contracts don't even exist, you know, uh, f- for these things. Like, that's that's another part of the puzzle yeah but that, but again it's on it's on the onus of them to prove it the, the problem is if you're suing marvel marvel don't have to prove it's as the plaintiff you have to prove you have the, the burden of proof yeah well it will come down it'll be interesting um yeah i don't know well let's 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 see what happens um, and again i mean it's famous we all know the story is that well, as Stan Lee has told it, he created, he came up with the idea of Spider-Man mm. and he got Ditko to help him design the character. I mean, that's quite literally the definition of work for hire. Mm. And yet a lot of Stan Lee's claims are up for debate as well. Like, sure, but I'm just saying if they are, if that is factual, and again, they will use that as a a thing because that is on, that's on tape, that's on record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another thing is <clears throat> Jack Kirby even took a pass at Spider-Man first. That's so true. Like... Yeah. 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 So that, uh, yeah, so again, it proves that it's it, it's a more leaning towards work for hire. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, it'll be interesting, though. I mean, it, it does feel like a bit of a desperate move. Hey, look, I, I, I would love if Steve Ditko had got tons of money because he created some really great characters, whether they were for work for hire or not, that he created some fantastic characters he, he that are should, still around he today. He should have. He should have got tons of money. That's the thing. That's 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 where my biggest problem with the entire thing is. Like, they should have got so much more. Bill Finger shouldn't have died in poverty. So many creators shouldn't have died in poverty. I mean, these these things were negotiated in bad faith. Siegel and Schuster were treated terribly by DC. It took Neil Adams and the Superman 78 movie for DC to even offer them a token pension. Like... Mm. The, the treatment of creators continuing till today has been appalling, like appalling, basically. And well, that's why I say go make your own stuff. You don't need them anymore. Well, that's right. I mean that that is true. Like the, the, their own worst, their own worst, uh, you know, um, sort of foe is themselves and their and their own sort of blinkered uh, view of the world. And I guess they got away with it for so long and made the profits are, are so extreme that they think, well, we can handle a bit of bad PR. Well, it doesn't really yeah. I mean, so but much. that's the problem is, is like back in the day, there were a lot more different comic companies. Mm. So you, you could shop around and you could probably get a better deal. But once DC and Marvel basically gobbled everything up and, and basically just split it into two, two companies. Yeah. It's much harder to get a good deal because You've only got two options, mm. and I mean, if both of them are lowballing you, there wasn't really anywhere else you could really go. It was the guys in like the very late seventies into the early eighties that really started to make the first moves. From at least my research, the guys that like first comics and stuff like that. Um, a lot of the eighties creators who were kind of you know legends of the time. You know, you Mike Grills. Yeah. They're the but ones look, who made the But first even moves. In, in, in since then, look how many comic companies started up and also failed. Oh, plenty. Just just trying to get a piece of the pie. 
Sure, plenty. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's a way, you know. And well, it's all the they, that's what They've had the run of the show for, what, close to like 50 years but that's now? Richard, that's why I really like them being challenged in court because, you know, they, they've monopolised the industry and fed upon yeah, it for so long. I, I, I don't mind, but the problem is, as I said, the law is so difficult. Well, there's a reason that, there's a reason that Disney settled. You know, and the reason is they. Well, again, they a lot worried. of it comes down to just PR. It's PR, but they're also Thanks. worried. They're what they're worried about the Supreme Court. They are very worried about that. And and let's not forget Disney themselves, and the characters they've created, and the efforts they go to, and the money they spend to make sure they don't form the public domain. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Their biggest fear is that someone will, if given enough time, and you and you keep it in court, that someone might find some sort of loophole. Hundred percent. Oh, they've got teams so. of lawyers. Working around the clock to make sure that doesn't happen. Like you know, this is this is why. The... Yeah, but you only need something to get lucky once, and now it's uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, precedent. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It'll be interesting, you know, and I think it's it's something that Signal can definitely follow um, with great interest because I think it's it's that kind of stuff that uh, you know c- keeps the things turning. It does feel like it could be a bit of a desperate option by this Dico estate. Maybe they feel they've got nothing to lose. Maybe, maybe the royalties they get. Are so small, you know what I mean? Mm. And he didn't pursue them. It's not like he he pursued them. He disdained the entire industry. It seemed for decades, uh, and kind of yeah. like walked it's fu- away. It's, fu- it's funny how Stan Lee pissed off so many greats. Eh? <laughs> well, I mean, Stan was like a showman, and he was a salesman, and you know, a bit of a used car. Like I love Stan, but he was a bit of a used car salesman, you know. Yeah. Um. Definitely, and you know, he wasn't afraid to. He's the kind of guy he 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 was happy to take his one two percent kind of thing. But, well, I th- I think the problem is is that uh, Stan loved the pageantry, whereas yeah. people like Ditko and Kirby and all that they just basically wanted the craft. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Jack Kirby did fight for it a lot. Jack Kirby, I mean, is another example of someone who really was was screwed pretty heavily, um, and not being as how can you say he didn't talk the talk like Stan always did? Like Stan made himself this commodity, whereas Jack Kirby, I remember Jack Kirby before he died. He was very much seen as like an old man in comics, you know? Um, mm. the, the appreciation of Jack Kirby mainstream didn't really happen until after his death. I'm talking mainstream acceptance, you know? And partly that was because he was overshadowed by Stan Lee, like in all, mm-hmm. in all fairness. Like, um, now, why The Last Man? Rich, did you get a chance to watch it this week? I'm sorry, I fell asleep halfway Jesus. through episode three. All right, well, you watched two and a half episodes, though, yeah? Oh, God, yeah, I did. Okay, and Adam, what about you? I think you said you've watched some? Yeah, I also watched about two and a half. Um, All right. What's, neither of you sound too enthused. Um, so we'll, boring. We'll go to Rich first. Rich, what, your reactions? So boring? Boring, man. Boring. Every half an hour felt like an hour watching the thing. I was like, fuck me. I just was like, why is this taking so long? Yeah. It's really boring. I'm sorry. It's boring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I look. I I, I like it, but I, I mean, it is a little slow. Is that is that your problem with it? Like, it's like a little bit slow. It's slow. Don't care about the characters. No. I don't find any of them appealing. Did you read the books? Um. I've read. The I book. started way back in the day when they first came out, but again, it wasn't my. Wasn't your cup of tea. Wasn't my cup of tea. Adam, what about you? I actually liked it. Um. I'll probably stick with it for a while at least. It's kind of like how you complain about, about The Walking Dead, though, yes. where I'm like, how long is this going to stay interesting? Sure. Um, I've read all the comics. 
it was the kind of thing where I was interested and they kind of kept me going. But then by the time I got to the end of it, I was not really feeling that rewarded. Yeah. Um, you did like the, maybe you the like TV the show will do a better job for me. Yeah, the end of I really enjoyed the comics, but I didn't <laughs> love the end. You know, I I was actually confused by the end a little bit. You know, um, well, and my thing is when you have a series like that where it seems so built in this kind of odd mystery type thing, mm. you really need a good ending. I would give the same criticism to like a hundred bullets, where that kept me going reading it. Yeah, but then by the time I got to the end, I was like, eh. Yeah, you really said you you just because I've only read the first two volumes of Hundred Bullets and loved it, but you said the the story behind it, like the big story, is very unsatisfying. To me, yeah, and you know, there's so many series I've read like those two where, you know, I'm really enjoying them, but then by the time I get to the end, I'm just like, this isn't even worth having read or having on my shelf. Like, well, it's called I'd sticking the, the same landing. Thing about the boys, yeah. It's it's sticking the landing and 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 unfortunately a lot of times people just fail. Um, well, a, a good concept doesn't always lend itself to a good ending. Yeah, I mean, again, they, it does. Not, not a, a happy not ending, I guess, but like a good ending. Well, just no. I mean, even just a satisfactory ending. Oh, I see. Or even just a a, a, a plausible or coherent mm. ending. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, like, oh, you have this really good idea, but you don't quite know. Why? <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? You have you have the good Last idea, man. like, hey, what if there was only one man left on Earth and there was, you know, there's a disease? But then you 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 hope that you work towards a good explanation or a good ending. But sometimes you're like, I just I, don't. I would say, having read it not that long ago, I think it does a really good job. The book this is a really good job of building the suspense, giving you some sort of red herrings. And the only thing I didn't really like was the final issue where they sort of. I forget what they do exactly, but they time jump it, and you're like, they sort of cheat, and you're like, oh, okay. I think he's like cloned or something. He's cloned or something, and it, but it's kind of like you're like, really, like that's the best you could do. Like it's it's not it's 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 if anything, it's it's sort of a weak source ending. Like you're sort of like this this series, I think at times is excellent, and I think he does. It's not overly long. I think it's sixty issues, um, which is kind of the, his general target. It's for me, it really built really well. It was just the very end where I was like, oh, really? Okay. Have you ever read his uh, Ex Machina or Paper Girls? I have started both. Um, I would, lo- yeah, I've, I've read a fair bit of Ex Machina. Um, I own the two um, collections and I've read a, probably the first half of Paper Girls. I've read all of Saga. I've read all of Saga. Yeah, I've read all of Saga. Like, I like his stuff in general. Um, well, you've read half of Saga, half and of if the Saga. other half ever comes out, <laughs> yeah, I've, re- I've read all the Saga that's been released, and um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, look, I, I like him as a writer for sure. I, you know, I, I think more times often than not, I think he's a very enjoyable read. But um, uh, yeah, I think, but we're not here to judge his writing; we're here to judge the show. Yeah, and I was just going to turn to the show. So for me, the show interesting. Um, but a little slow, and as I think Adam said, suffers from that Walking Dead thing at times, where Walking Dead, I guess, has had so many seasons now that they tread so much water that it just drives you crazy. Um, it's only a short season. I think it's only seven or eight episodes. I think that's probably a good idea. Keep the season short, you know. Um, I thought good performances from Diane Lane. 
uh, good performances from what's her name, Olivia Thurby or Th- however you say her name. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that, and uh, they were both the female judges in the two mm. Judge Dredd movies. That's right. Uh, one of them, I think, played. Her- Want to say Hershey, uh, Diane Lane, <laughs> and uh, definitely uh, Olivia Thurby played uh, Judge Anderson in Dredd. So that was quite a coincidence. I think they were very good. Um, I liked the friend of the sister as well. Um, I like. I, I don't mind Yorick. Yorick is an annoying character in the books as well. I, I mean, yeah. frankly, he is a bit of a jerk, and he's a jerk in the show as well, and selfish and self-centered. But that's very much in keeping with the character on the page. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I found the third episode. I was drifting. Oh, the sorry, the fourth because I watched the first three all together. I watched the fourth one, and I must admit my attention was drifting, which is never a good sign. Um, but. Michelle made a good point. She's like, why would everything fall apart so quickly? And I said, well, you've got to understand that it's 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 <laughs> half of everything. Like, it's it's not just humans. It, it, it's every species the male dies. Um, I mean, even if it wasn't just... Even if it was just humans, like, that's still a massive... It's massive. You know, half yeah. the world's population. Oh, yeah, but I think she was talking more in terms of, like... Um, uh, you know, women could keep it functioning kind of thing. But I'm like, if you think about the means of production, like, you know, cattle, for example, and stuff like that, like, you know, I, I don't, I, what I'm saying is it's it's a really massive global event. Whereas, like, in uh, Avengers, whatever it was called, Infinity War or Endgame, I still think it's ridiculous. You could, you could lose half of the population of the United States and they could still sell up the Super Bowl. Like, you know, um, I, I firmly believe that. Do you believe that, Adam? I don't know, I guess, what that has to do with Endgame. Endgame, don't you recall at the start of it where they're talking about, um, you know, losing half the people and they can't fill the baseball field because half the population is gone? I don't remember, but uh, I guess they're probably a little depressed too. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But it's interesting. Like, what do you guys think about the concept? Rich, do you think if, like, half, if all the men died, apart from obviously one, but basically all the men, do you think civilization will collapse as quickly as it did here? Um, the way it is now, uh, not the, I wouldn't say collapse, but there would be big problems because in a lot of the, the more crappier jobs, yeah. that's predominantly men. Right, whether that be like maintaining the subways or your sewage and all that sort of stuff. Right. Now, that's not to say that eventually the woman wouldn't learn to do it or teach themselves to do it, but I mean, straight off the bat, there would be problems. Like there would be like they had the flooding in the show with the in the subways and stuff and all that because the people that were left were trained yeah. on how to manage it. So I would definitely see some massive uh, structural stuff uh, uh, problems. I mean, you know, again, if you're talking about bureaucracy and all that sort of shit, of course, anyone, you know, can do that. But, I mean, if you're talking about those necessity jobs, uh-huh. um, those down and dirty, crappy jobs that keep things running, that is predominantly men right? in those fields. How, how, far, are, how far out are we from, like, the big event well, in the show? Well, I'm not sure because, like, you literally see it happen in the, in, at the start of it, remember? Then I... Then I, I want yeah. to say at least a month's gone by. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it seems about right to me, but whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think it's an interesting concept. I, I always thought it was a really interesting concept. Um, well, but also keep in mind, I suppose also the, it's not just about that. It's just that um, everything is happening. I think more people are panicking and reacting instead of one instead of saying uh, everyone calm down we need to have things maintain running yeah you yeah. know like there's a big every single man is literally dropping dead with blood pouring out of them sure but it, but, you know, but it was it, all at once it wasn't like it was gradual it was all at once no well, i thought that there were like men that were in hospitals and stuff or am i wrong about that i don't think so I, okay, I, I, I prefer I, that they were all dead because I was I, like, it just seemed like they thought in they the comic dead. they all die at once, and I think in the show it's very quick. I, I yeah, I no, it, it all happened in, in one day. Like it started with the animals. Yes, um, you started seeing the male animals die, and then yeah, pretty much in one day, every single. Uh, and again, that would cause massive panic. Sure. See, I guess I thought that they, uh, you know, they had like the women at the shelter. I thought that they were like looking for their husbands or were like at a uh like a clinic or something set up to help people well i suppose well again at this point like uh if not if not much is running that properly and no one knows what's going on some people just probably believe that maybe uh, their spouses are still alive or mm-hmm. or something you know? um yeah that's a good point i i did want to say too i liked the part where uh she killed the guy, and then all of a sudden, all the men stopped dropping dead. I just thought that was kind of an interesting yeah, that thing was to do. Did that happen in the comic? I don't remember her that much. No, in the I comic. didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't went and checked. She, she's not in the comic that much, is she, until like later from memory, the sister? I, I don't remember her being a big factor until a bit later. I think you might be right. Yeah. I just, I I didn't read it that long ago. But yeah, I will keep watching um, for sure. I, I, I think they could have made it a bit. More interesting. I, I, I will say this is probably a good thing that they released three episodes straight off the bat because if your first episode is going to be literally politics oh. for the entire episode, I don't think many people would have tuned in for this <laughs> with the second episode. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. I, I I did feel the first three. We watched them in one night, and I enjoyed them more than I enjoyed the fourth by itself. But the fourth by itself, I thought, was a bit snorry. You know, I was a bit, I was losing ah. a bit of interest. Well, at least you got further than me. I found it snorry from like well, the first you, episode. You don't need to continue. <laughs> I will continue, and I'll continue to give updates of the progress. So then we had Doom Patrol. Adam, you're a big Doom Patrol fan, aren't you? Did you watch this premiere? Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, they premiered three episodes. I only watched the first. Mm. Um, it's really interesting show, really great cast. Mm. Um, I think my issue with this first episode is that it's basically the finale for the previous season because they didn't get to do a finale. Mm. Um, so that kind of took the wind out of the sail a little bit. Um, but yeah, good show. Check it out. Who is is, is who is the, the Doom Patrol? Like do you, the, the cast is it kind of as per the comics and stuff or? Well, yeah, I mean, it's Robot Man. Yeah, Robot Man, Negative Woman, uh, they added Cyborg, um, they got Crazy Jane. Wait, Negative Man? What did I say? Negative Woman came came later. Uh, I thought I said Negative Man. Um, But yeah, I meant to say that then. Um, And then they pull in a lot of, like, the Grant Morrison characters and concepts, so pretty cool. Well, they've got the the three original characters, which is, yeah, Robot Man, uh, Negative Man, and what's she called, Elastigirl or something? Mm Mm-hmm. 
uh, th those are like the three original original Doom Patrol yeah. um, characters. Then Cyborg is obviously kind of added in there, and then the um, what's the chick's name? She I think she's in Crazy much, Jane. Crazy. I think that's a Morrison mm -hmm. um, character. So it's a bit of a mix. They have they've kind of mixed and sort of picked. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, you haven't watched it at all, Dave. Uh, I've watched the first, oh, maybe three or four oh, episodes okay. of the. First it is. Time. It does tap far more into the Morrison run, though. On yeah, the, the stories they tell in than than classic Doom Patrol stuff. At times, it can honestly be a bit hard to follow for me, um, mm. and I think part of the problem can also be that each character always has their own like season long arc that almost sometimes seems to be the same arc as the previous season, where I'm just like, all right, it's getting a little dull. But, uh, yeah, they do some crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, look, yeah, it's, it's a show where you've got to pay attention for sure. Yeah. And uh, they're bringing in Manjur Mala and the Brain, which is like, you know, the classic Doom Patrol villains. So that'll be cool Monsieur to see. Mala. Nice. And the Brain. Yeah. Oh, really? Those two, are, those two are supposed to be lovers. Yeah. Really, uh, when I think He's of the a, brain, I think of Pinky and the brain. <laughs> well, so in this case, Dave, if you're not familiar with the characters, Manjur Mala is a giant ape, and right. the brain is literally a brain and like a you know a jar. Well, with a cool skull face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that that sounds cool. So yeah, look, I, I liked what I saw. I guess I'm, I've just never really been big into the Doom Patrol. I've, I don't know much about them and. It astounds me because you're uh, such a Morrison fan. Yes, I know, but it was it was basically one of the Morrison things I, I just never read. I actually do own his three collections. Um, I've just never read it uh, for no other reason than I think I was more attracted to his JLA and his Batman and his stuff and Animal Man. I've read right around it, but I do own it, and I'm sure it would be interesting. I, I just like that the, the Doom Patrol is like the first X-Men. Yeah. They predate the X-Men, do they? Yeah, and they, they they but it's like the similar premise. It's yes. a you know they they rejects, they ugly, they hideous, mm. but they they still sort of protect the world that sort of shuns them and all that sort of stuff. So mentor in a wheelchair, their yeah. villains are called oh, the brother, yeah. brother brotherhood of but evil. That's it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really sort of um, similar. Is that one of those things where it's like? Um, is it a clear case where someone was stealing off someone, or is it kismet where two people ah, have kind of come look, up? Look, to be fair, in those days, I'm sure people were just talking to each other. Mm. Mm. You know, like the the big wigs were bragging. I remember that's how that's how Marvel Comics came to be. Mm. Was um, uh, I think Julie Schwartz or whatever was bragging with this other guy when they were playing golf about how well the books were doing or something like that. Right. And then that guy just went back. And basically, pick Stanley and said, "We need to create books like this and yeah, and stuff." And that that was basically the birth of but that's like that's business as well. Like that is no, no. But I'm just saying, like more. in those days, there could just be chatter or yeah, someone spilling the beans of an idea or something like that. Didn't Robert that would have been uh, Stanley's uncle, right? Yes, you're right. Martin Goodman, I believe his name was. Um, did Rob Robert Kraniger have a lot to do with the creation of Doom Patrol from? I believe he was like a sci-fi writer who wrote also wrote quite a lot of Superman, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Uh, possibly. I'd have to look that up. I think so. He had a reputation for being a real egotist and uh, basically a real snob, but was actually a very good writer as well. I, I, I want to say it was him, um, just basing on what I've heard. So It says here Arnold Drake and Bob Haney 
Oh, I have to say that Robert Kaniger was not involved. Well, maybe I've got that wrong, but Robert Kaniger was definitely around. But maybe he didn't do Doom Patrol. But he may have done. He did. He definitely did a bit of Superman. Okay, Bob Haney. Zany Bob Haney. He was behind um, a lot of. Uh, oh, it was Silver uh, Suicide Squad. Sorry, that that Robert Kaniger had a lot to do with. Um, oh, the original one tossed. Yeah. What? I forgot what I was going to say, but it wasn't going to be that interesting. But. Um, it was to do with it was to do with all these these guys from way back in the day. Interesting, interesting stuff. So you are enjoying the show though, Adam? Doom Patrol show? Yeah, um, I'll definitely be sticking around. I'm just glad that they're getting out of season two now and into season three, which will be more interesting for me. I think. I certainly find it a lot more interesting than why the Last Man TV show. Sure. It's pretty wacky. But it, yeah, exactly. But it's the wackiness that I think that keeps me um, entertained. And therefore, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's the, like for me, I know uh, something is good where I feel like it's over too quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I just sit down to watch something. I'm like, oh, bugger, the, 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 the episode's finished or something like that. If I feel like, Jesus, when is this episode going to, when is this going to finish? Then I know I'm, <laughs> it's probably not, is not for me. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I agree, Rich. I mean, at times things are just aggressively not for the person as well. Sometimes when you're watching stuff, because mm. I mean, I honestly think if I came into Walking Dead now, I wouldn't watch it. I don't think it's a particularly good show anymore. You know, like I watch it now because I suppose you used to watch it. Well, it's out of habit now. It's a couple show that we watch every week. Like, so it's and yeah. and believe you me, we both have our reservations about the show. It's not like one of us is loving it. Um, I, it's knowledge that it's a final season too, and although they are going to spin it off into the Daryl and Carol show, which I wouldn't mind because I like those characters. So a bit of it's that, you know, you're, you're, you're so far along the way, um, you know, you are kind of, I wonder how they'll wrap it up and stuff, but believe you me, they are not exactly hitting the high notes in the final season, like so far, like... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I'm a snark machine today. I was going to say, Adam, it's like buying the Legion books when you don't enjoy them. Mm, when they're written yeah. by Benders. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, all right. Well, you know, that's, that's Doom Patrol for you. Now, we had Marvel What If, um, which was the Party Thor episode. I, I mean, I found it like lightweight fun, which is how I think you described it, Adam. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I liked all the different space characters coming to Earth and kind of mingling. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the tease at the end was pretty cool. Well, I've got a question about the tease. Uh, was that Thanos or was that something different to Thanos? It looked different. Uh, no, that was um, Ultron in the Vision. Oh. Uh, basically, I think they're teasing the finale, which is going to be the whole um, uh, Ultron taking over Vision and... You know, yeah, that whole what if, right? But um, I also watched the previous one with Killmonger. I thought that was pretty good too. Yeah, I I I like that one, but I I preferred the Party Thor one to the Killmonger one. But thought, I thought that Killmonger one was interesting. Like it went some interesting directions, kind of thing. Like it was it was a real sort of like left turn. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think these ones along with the zombies one, which was before that, have been pretty interesting. Rich, have you caught any of them? Did you catch the zombies one? No, I'm completely out of this conversation. Oh, okay. Rich is, <laughs> Rich is completely, completely out of this conversation. Uh, what did you think of the zombies one, Adam? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I liked it. 
yeah. I, mean, I like, can't remember a lot about it now, but no, it's it, uh, it's weird, isn't it? Like they're enjoyable, they're not great, but like I th- I felt the Party Thor one was it kept my interest a lot more than some of the early ones, like with Captain Carter and stuff. I thought the Party Thor. Yeah. You could tell Hemsworth was there, you know, he seemed to give a shit. Like, it was an interesting story, it was a bit funny. But Captain Marvel was really front and centre. I was sort of surprised by how front and centre Captain Marvel was. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And so... I do think it's weird when they treat Thor like a child, though. Like, he's yeah. he's like a thousand years old or something yeah. still. Or at least a hundred years old. Yeah, I, I'm, I haven't watched anything, but I'm completely over the MCU's uh, bro Thor. I don't know why it's so popular. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why Richie you just don't like that he's kind of sort of dumb, good-looking, and that kind of. Well, as Adam pointed out, he's he's not twenty years old. Yeah, he's not yeah. twenty-five. He's literally hundreds, if not thousands, of years old. Now you could say, "Oh, well, he's young by Asgard and stuff," but it's like, yeah, but I don't know. He comes from a world that's a little more serious, I guess. Mm. I don't. I don't understand why he would all of a sudden start acting like a a, a bro dude with no worries in the world. But isn't that kind well, of how this... he's always been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, I mean he was a bit of a fish out of water in the first movie. The jokes came from more him not understanding. But when he spoke to Jane about like the universe and you know the the all tree and all that sort of stuff, you know he was smart, insightful. Mm. Yeah, I do feel like in Ragnarok and in. Um... Uh, in game, he was a bit sillier. I mean, here it made sense because it was him. If he was a lonely child, essentially. But uh... my issue is, I feel like they turned him into uh, the Marvel's Hercules. Mm. The, what you mean, the the character in the yeah. comics? The, the Marvel's version of Hercules. I feel mm. like they took that Hercules, who's all about bragging and mm. you know thumping people on the back and all that sort of stuff, and let's have Grog. Mm. And, you know, because Thor in the comics has always been a bit more of the serious. Yeah, he's always been verily thou, that kind of guy. You know, and it was story. very funny when the children got together because there was always this one-upmanship, one but Thor never quite saw it that way. But with Hercules, is always, like, a bit jealous and was always trying to outdo. But, I mean, then again, Thor's pride would also force him to... Put, so, I don't know. I just feel like they've tried to combine those two into the MCU Thor. Mm. I will say, though, I feel like um, from Hemsworth, his strength seems to be comedy sometimes more than... That's well, true, no, that, that could be why they've pushed it in that direction. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, well, that's what I'm thinking, at least. Yeah, no, I agree. But, but like Hemsworth, yeah, I think they're trying to play to his strengths, as you just said, Adam. I think that that's... Yeah. I think with Thor Ragnarok, they found a formula that worked with him. And kind of with the property, and then they've definitely gone like one thousand percent in that direction because they've done the classic. We struck gold, and we're going to keep um, whatever the next Thor movie is called, Love and Thunder. I'd say they're going to keep that kind of vibe going. Um, and they've, you know, it's it's like they've they've gone all in on that now, which I can understand is annoying. And like when you look at the character Rich when he turns up in say previous comics of you know yesteryear. But before, well before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to me, you know, he's he speaks sort of Shakespearean, and he's a bit sort of like almost serious. He does have his lighter moments, but it's all verily this and thou that, and you know all that. No, kind of no, stuff. no, but not, not not just that. I mean, um, again, if you you can do that well, 
again, if you go off the older stuff, yes, I think they hammed that up far too much. Yeah. With the yay verily and all that. But if you look at stuff like, say, um, what was the cartoon show, uh, uh, Avengers Mightiest Heroes, I think it was? Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a great thaw in that. Like, he, he spoke in kind of a bit of a, a bit of a ye old English, but it yep. wasn't over the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can, again, you can still do it. But as I said, I just don't think, I think they realize that that Thor doesn't fit the MCU that they're creating. Yeah. No, I think they felt that his two movies didn't quite fit into the MCU with a bit of more of its goofiness. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And then, definitely, I, I think that the first movie was, it did okay, phase one, uh, Thor 2 is always considered a disappointment. And then they hit their formula and they just gone, like, you know, like all these companies do. The second they hit the formula, they just go, well, milk that. And that's what they've mm. done, you know? I mean, it's... it's yeah, well, it's what it is. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, but I, I don't mind it, Rich. To, to be honest, I, I actually quite like him. I, I think he's actually one of the better, better, better things that Marvel Universe has got left now that they've lost, um, you know, Cap and they've lost... Uh, Tony Stark. Oh, I guess maybe it just rubs me the wrong way because when I see it, I just see Hercules. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe that's what annoys me is that I'm like, eh, you just, you're, you're basically, you're, you, you, you're popular now because you're basically channeling Hercules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say uh, his arc in Avengers 3 and 4 wasn't my favorite. Like the first one they had him trying to create the hammer after in Thor Ragnarok, he decides he doesn't need the hammer. Yeah, um, where he's off and he sees that troll guy, or mm. you know the Game of Thrones guy, and then the fourth one where he's fat and depressed the whole time. Like I just didn't think they did a him well, all the, the favors. Well, the problem is, uh, I think at the end of Ragnarok he said, "Oh, I don't need the hammer," and then he got his ass handed to him by Thanos, and the rest of his people yeah. killed. That he was like, "Okay, I do need the hammer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still just not the best service to the character for me. But yeah, yes, I, I completely agree with you. I just, I can't, I, I mean, that's the thing about, I guess, Thor for me is I don't see him as a character that succumbs to that sort of depression, I guess. Mm. You know, being a warrior who is familiar with war and like war for thousands of years. Mm. Uh, yes, I mean, would he be sad? Would he, you know, uh, longing for his people? But I just don't think he would just give up and, you know, go, go sit in a small town while some of these people are still alive are trying to build something for themselves and he's just getting fat and drunk and playing video games. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I just don't see that character. I don't see that as a logical step for that character. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but um, I don't know. Rich, like, when, when I look at, like, episodes of Jason Aaron's Thor, when he was the young Thor, like, back in the times of the Vikings, he was very much like that. The Avengers Thor is different, but, like, have you ever read any of that, Adam? Like the young sort of Thor back in Viking era, in the Jason Aaron. Oh comics? yes, I like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And yeah, but again, that's but that is young Thor. Don't forget, in the very first Thor movie, he learns the lesson from his father about responsibility and and what it means to think of your people and not just be some gung ho guy looking for a fight. So my point is, his his people have been driven to the point of extinction. There's a few of them alive on Earth. I feel he would have stepped up to, true, true, to protect them, to 
to to help them build a new home for themselves. And like I said, if, if none of these people were alive, okay, fair enough. If he feels he's the very last as guardian, there's no one else in the world, sure. Maybe he crawls into a hole and, and drinks himself. But he learned lessons from his father about being a leader and being a king sure. and thinking of your people first. Mm. So I feel that breaks that character development. Yeah. What, what what sent him into the spiral? Was it just the loss of Asgard and... and... Well, it was after he killed Thanos, because before that he was still, you know, pretty pissed off. Yeah. Well, well yeah, it, so basically he lost his people and then the snap and all that sort of stuff. And I get, I understand he blames himself for the snap, but as I said, like, I kind of feel like a leader of, of men would put his feelings aside to make sure that his people are looked after. Um, yeah, no, I get your point. Uh, but I guess that, I mean, yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I don't really have a problem with the grief um, as an aspect of the character. I guess it's just, they then went comedy. My problem wasn't the grief, it was yeah. the him being, like, goofy. Com- and yeah, no, I was going to say, that, that that's, where I, that's where I question it. Like, I, I like the grief arc more than I like the sort of, like, just, he's jolly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though. Like, um, it's it's one of those decisions they've made purely based on how well it's done, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. Now, Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings, I wanted to do a bit of a box office check. Um, let's have a look here. Uh, domestically in the States, $181 million, $144 million world, uh, internationally. Worldwide take just shy of $326 million. So that's not too bad, you know. I said to you, um, I said to you, Rich, was it over five hundred million worldwide? It's not, but it's not. It's it's not bad numbers in in a COVID, you know, scenario. Well, I don't know because someone did point out to me that I mean, other than really Australia with the lockdowns, not many other countries have lockdowns at the moment. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that they want to go out to the theater necessarily, right. though. Well, you, you no, not necessarily. Example. But I'm just saying, like. It's hard to know if those are good numbers or not when not many countries are in a lockdown. Like, right. well, I guess I don't it's know still if better are, than anything be. else, though. Well, I, don't, I mean, again, it's still, it's, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's good enough for what the movie is, I guess, with a pandemic. Right, yeah, I guess I'm just, you know, glad if it's doing good enough that they feel like they can still put stuff out, you know, like... Mm. Um, I tried to see Shang Chi and the theater lost power. You uh, said it that a, it was a movie. <laughs> that is hilarious. I, I was kind of so, relieved that it lost power, so I could go home. Did you get a <laughs> refund? Did you get a refund off that, or what? Or they give you a credit or something? Yeah, I got a readmission. Yeah. Okay, and and take us through because you said to me that Abomination, spoilers, kids, is in it for thirty seconds and doesn't say a word, and that was the one thing I was excited by. Yeah, so he doesn't say a word. Um, he doesn't act like he can speak. Right. So I find that <laughs> odd because I also heard that they're bringing Tim Roth back. So I don't know if he's going to turn back into Emil. Uh, but yeah, he can't speak oh. English. It doesn't seem like as abomination. But yeah, I was pretty bored with it. Uh, and I'm an MCU fan for the most part, but I'd probably put this as one of the least favorite ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, if, if this if, means if it was Dave, you would 
he would put it in with the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Definitely. And I do, and I do, because yeah. <laughs> I don't like Ant-Man and the Wasp. It sounds like um, it fucking belongs right there with Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, and probably something else I can't remember at the top of my head. I actually, you know what, I will go and re- I like Ant-Man, but I don't like Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't like the sequel. Yeah. I found them both pretty uh, Very generic, average. I guess. Yeah. But uh, uh, I've got a soft spot for heist movies. That's fair. I, uh, I, I, but I'm happy if the movie does well enough that they feel like they can still put out um, Spider-Man Three and Venom and Doctor Strange because yeah. you know I am looking forward to those. Hundred percent. I'm massively looking forward to to Venom and Spider-Man Three and and even Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, I, I Shang Chi. But take us through it, like, from what you saw. Like, was there any high points at all? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the dad was pretty cool um you know he's like the mandarin uh but uh not really i mean i didn't oh. find the 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 main character to be that compelling or well acted um mm. yeah just i was i was aquafina who uh she was okay kind of annoying Who's she's that? like the comedian uh, oh. sidekick character right that name, yeah, but uh, her stage name for anybody Aquafina. listening, yeah, for anybody listening, I only got as far as uh, when Ben Kingsley shows up, so I didn't get past there. So anyway, right, because they got the real Mandarin in this one, don't they? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the Mandarin is is Shang Chi's father, isn't it? Oh. Well, it's more that he is the his father is the head of the Ten Rings, and the Mandarin isn't really a thing other than. No, but yeah, but his dad, his dad's the leader of the the evil organization. Yeah, his, his his dad's the leader of the Ten Rings, and the Mandarin was something that was apparently made up by um, Guy Pierce oh, right. in Iron Man Three. So there's no actual Mandarin, but this is the leader of the Ten Rings. Jesus, like they, who they, I think is supposed to basically be the Mandarin. They, why are they they're so fucking scared, aren't they? They're so scared of their own cliches. It's fucking hilarious. Like, like I don't care. I could, I could, I couldn't give a shit. The amount of time they've spent trying to duck and weave on this issue is, to me, hilarious. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I'll watch it when it comes to streaming. I wouldn't be going out to a theater. I'm surprised you went, Adam. Like, uh, I guess it was just a chance to have a day out or a night out. Yeah, I mean, the theaters are pretty dead. I go on Tuesdays, which is like the five dollar day, and there's yeah. like two other people in there, so. Oh, I mean, right. I guess, do you mean you're surprised I went because of Shang-Chi? Or yeah, you're yeah, surprised yeah. I went because, no, surprised because oh. of Shang-Chi. Like, you know. Dude, you... I was excited for it, you know. All the superhero movies this year have been a letdown um, to the point where I probably prefer Black Widow to Suicide Squad or sure. uh, Shang-Chi. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't think any of them are that incredibly fantastic. That it's, you know, I think Black Widow was okay. I think Suicide Squad was... I, I I didn't mind it, but I didn't love it. You know, um, Rich, why did you give Suicide Squad? I forget. I always forget what Rich. Did you enjoy it? On it right? was it was a low score. Okay, it was a low score. Yeah, but mine wasn't super high. It's probably six point five. What what was your score for Suicide Squad, Adam? I think like a six six point yeah. five or something. Yeah, it was it was right in that range, wasn't it? Like, well, yeah, like it's not terrible, but it's certainly not memorable. You know, <laughs> it's certainly disappointing for me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Now we our, our friend uh, Grace Randolph um, seems to have all these scoops. Uh, she reports <laughs> that Warners are so happy with the Flash movie they've already greenlit a sequel. 
Um, now I heard you chuckle there. I know you're a bit you're a bit dubious of her her scoops, aren't you, Adam? You say she steals them from other sites. Well, generally, I think they're either stolen or they're bullshit. But right. um, I I'm that. happy with the news though, if it means that the movie's any good, because I like the Flash. I want to. I want a Flash series. Well, the problem is, is Warner Brothers were really, really happy with Batman v Superman. They were. They right. the Justice League straight away, and we all know how that turned out. Well, let's not forget the, the investor conference where all the executives got up and gave Batman v Superman a standing ovation. Mm. Um, right. The... I guess, I mean, I'm happy with the news if it means the movie's any good, which it yes. doesn't, but, uh, um, you know. Yeah, if it's if... to be believed that it's actually a good product. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm which actually I, excited I'm for it. definitely dubious of. Yeah, well, sorry, here's the thing, though. I mean, it has to be a fucking great movie because, let's be honest, a lot of fans mm. are only going to really care about that movie because of Batman in it. Sure. <laughs> and especially Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. So you can greenlit another Flash if uh, it doesn't mean that people are going to be interested in it if it doesn't have Batman. Um, Michael Keaton. Like as the eighties Batman. I'm just saying, like that is a big drawing feature for that movie. Isn't it funny? Like it's true. I mean, I'm excited for for that. Isn't it funny that like the biggest draw card is fucking Michael Keaton as Batman from '89? <laughs> it's like well, you've got I mean, back to, to be fair, I, I feel if they had a better Flash, you, yeah, you, you yeah. could get more excited. But I don't think anyone's really excited for the Ezra Miller Flash. No, I, I mean, that's just my opinion. He's pretty poor. Wrong. He's pretty poor. I'm hoping he like tones it back a little bit. But yeah, not. Can he? Mm, you know, a little nervous about it, I guess. This, I no, can, no, 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 no. Yeah. Come on. He's going to have Michael Keaton. He's going to be all goofy and weird and awkward as shit. He's going to be a wax star, I can just tell. Like, he's really going to be wacky. It's going to be wacky races. Yeah, it seems like at a certain point, um, you know, I would think that maybe this Flash movie would be Flashpoint where they're trying to put things back in order and recast people. But at this point, what does DC even have to be... Yeah preserving it's you know mess. wonder woman 84 like we don't really need gal gadot anymore aquaman isn't that great um you know the only thing that's really been i, I can't really think of anything that's really been successful for them at this point like you well, could argue harley quinn if you talk about money i mean some of them have made serious cash like aquaman well no but i'm talking money. about what like what actors in what roles is it that you're really trying to preserve that we can't just scrap this whole thing and mm. just start over yeah, well, I mean, it's a classic scenario. I mean, they've, they've got the other Batman with Robin Patterson. They've got Affleck. The thing with Affleck, I, I feel like he had potential to be better than what sort of he was given. And it was a shame, I think, that his own personal problems also contributed to him walking away from that Batman movie because I think that had potential. But it was so, it was so chaotic, it seemed, at the studio and, and Warner's. It just all seemed so sort of poorly planned in a weird way and and they're not much better now as you said they've had several i mean harley quinn and birds of prey did make a lot of money um i don't know what suicide squad made but you know in, in pandemic but, but harley quinn was prior covid I, I think wasn't it just prior and it, yeah just prior yeah and it, it didn't set the world alight at all um and I, I didn't think it was very good i didn't think it was great no and suicide squad uh, again not great um, and yeah, it's like they do have some actors and roles that have potential, but then they just kind of squander them. Like Henry Cavill maybe could have been a really good Superman. I never really saw much that yeah. impressed me, just based on the material. The material like ben Affleck could have been a great Batman, for sure. Yeah, I think Something I've, yeah. I've always said, right, is that I think the biggest mistake that DC made is that unlike Marvel, 
they actually didn't need any time to spend on setting up the characters because literally the whole world knows who Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and all that totally is. Totally. They should have taken. Um, you, you remember when Justice League, the cartoon show, started? It started with yeah. like that three-parter. Yeah, yeah, Secret with, Origins. With yeah. Martian Manhunter sort yeah. of crashing and the world being taken over. They should have literally just made that mm. into a movie. You know, and you didn't have to set up anything. I've always said that. And people tell me, no, you can't do it. And I'm like, why? why? Like, a lot of the DC characters are like archetypes, too, anyway. So it's like, yeah. You, and let's be honest, they, has, they hassle names. Like, I can understand that maybe a lot of people don't know who really the Marvel Thor is. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. honestly, I agree with you. Iron Man was not a massive, massive name no, before the movie. Not outside of comics, not outside of comic books. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but everyone, even a person who's never read a comic book, knows, knows who Superman is, or Batman is, yeah. or Wonder Woman is. I think you could have spent, saved yourself I so much time you. and just made a Justice League movie, and you didn't have to. Because I mean, for fuck's sakes, Snyder even f- had to put the Batman origin thing in the Batman v Superman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like you don't need that. Yeah, bro. We like... all know who Batman is. Yeah, I you know I I just always have this vision in my head just with the Watchtower like in space you know a little more colorful. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're you know have some kind of crazy like you said like the Justice League pilot that would be perfect. I totally agree with what you guys are saying, yeah. and yeah, you know what George Miller almost did it with um, Justice yeah. League Gods and Mortals, yeah. whatever it was called. Like, I think it could have been really special. I definitely agree with you. And you know what? They, they and guess could... what? You could have even made it a two-parter. You could have. But yeah, I, you I know what, guys? Well, I, I think you, honestly, and I said this just two years ago after Justice League came out and it was you know very disappointing just as a film, like forget about money. It was just disappointing as a movie, the original. I, I said, give it time. They could come back and do it again. These characters are durable. Um, and maybe well, they. And just, I think they will. Yeah, they as will. As long as this yeah. craze keeps going. Yeah, they will. They've got to. Like, years. And you don't need. I mean, you do not need. Superman doesn't need a whole origin movie if he wanted to just leave. Batman certainly doesn't. And Wonder Woman, one of her weaknesses was her origin. That's why DC yeah. could never fucking decide what the origin was. Um, <laughs> to it, me, you yeah. focus the movie on like the Flash, as far as background you know the flash and green lantern you don't know as much mm. and i think people could really like them if you gave them a little bit more of the focus than yes. you know worrying about introducing batman and superman who we already know well, about here's the here's the great thing if you use the martian manhunter right as the catalyst for the story mm. he you could actually use him to glimpse the the origin of some of your lesser characters yeah for yeah. sure that'd be cool in the movie where you just have this jumble of scenes that give you a very quick like 30 second you know 45 second origin oh. of like how they got the power you know like you just have like the the alien give the ring to like hal or you show barry being like doused in chemicals you know what i mean like oh. you can just show that and then you can always if the movie does really well you can expand upon that if you give them their own movies well, it will be interesting. Like, I, I'm always a bit of an optimist. It will be interesting to see what Flashpoint does, and surely it's going to do some, you know, reconditioning and setting up. And at this point, I don't think they've got a lot to lose. Like, these characters have done well enough that they're not like... It's not like Green Lantern movie where like people are like, it's it's a total bomb and it's a wreck and we can never do it. They're, they're there. They're in the conversation. I think they really need something to push them up a bit. And, yeah, I... I, I 
it, what puzzles me, guys, is I watch a lot of the animated stuff. You know, they've done over the last 20 years. Like, let's just say, like, your Batman Brave and the Bold. Obviously, you're just like cartoon. And, and you watch enough of it and you go, they, they can do it in the animated easily. It doesn't seem like they're straining. So how can they yeah. not transition it, like, at times? Well, like, you know? You know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. Instead of you doing a Green Lantern movie first, right, if you show Green Lantern in a Justice League movie first and yeah. people get to see his power, yeah, people will then be interested in... It's just like with Black Panther, right? Mm. You, put, you put Black Panther in a movie and people go, fuck, that guy's cool. Civil War, yeah. And so then when this movie comes out, people go, oh, fuck, that's that cool guy from yeah, that movie. If you had just released a Black Panther movie by itself without introducing him in another movie, I, honestly... I think it does well, but not well enough because people are just like, I don't know who that is. Or, and he, he was very good in Civil War in those initial scenes. I mean, that was Yeah, and he looked scenes. cool. And so that's my point. You, 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 you give him his moment that you get people, you give them like an appetite for that character or you give them some interest in that character and then you drop them in. Do you think at times, like I've read this, that DC back in the 60s, it was a series of fiefdoms. So you had your Superman, you had your Batman office, you had this office, that office, and they really didn't want to mix the characters, the individual officers, and it took, like, the son of one of the publishers to say, we've got all these characters, why aren't we putting out a book with all of them in it? You know, like like the people across the street are doing. And... Uh, what, are you talking what, about, like, in the 40s? No, 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 no. This was, this, was, um, this was more, like, into the 50s. So, before Justice League. Whenever Justice League... Well, you mean when it was Justice Society? Yeah, but... but you know how in the 50s, you know how in the 50s, basically, after um, Wortham stuff, like, all the superhero stuff, other than Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman went away. And then it came back. So there was a real thing at DC uh, in the early days of the Silver Age that the officers really wanted to cling on to their own characters and didn't want them mixing. And it took, apparently, the son of one of the publishers to say, we've got Superman, Batman, Flash, oh, Wonder Woman, okay. blah, blah, blah. I honestly thought there was Julie Schwartz, but... Okay, I, 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 believe it was, I believe it was the son of one of the publishers. So that's the story I've heard. But anyway, my point is, is something similar to that happening, I, I wonder, at Warner's? Like, you've got the different offices, and they're not really on the same page when it comes to their own movies in the DC Universe. It seems very fragmented. It seems like there's no scheme, no plan. Um, yeah, I guess I, I kind of disagree just because I just think that nobody's really making good movies to really... Well, I was going to say, I don't think there's anyone at the top of the pyramid. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there's anyone at the top of the pyramid who is helping to join it all to go towards a singular... That's part of the problem. There, there's no Kevin Feige, basically. Yeah, uh, look... And I, I don't think weird. it necessarily needs to. Like, I don't think I need to worry about... No, no, about no, but I, no, no. I'm not saying that they all have to coalesce, but just someone who's overseeing it all... No, can, yeah, I know. I, my thing is... Have just, a webbing go through everything. Yeah, my thing is, I guess, just worry about making good movies. Like, mm -hmm. I, yeah. if they don't... Like, if they tie in or not, I'd almost rather they don't tie in. That way, when you actually do do something decent, that mm. I'm not thinking about this other shitty movie tying into it, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't necessarily mean tie into it. I'm not saying, like, the MCU. As I said, I'm more than happy for movies to be quite uh, separate and have their own feel, uh, instead of all of them feel the same. But... I think there needs to be some communication as to maybe who's going to use what character or yeah. something like that yeah, I think so, so that you maybe not yeah, yeah, that's fair. stepping on I guess each other's I was, toes. I guess I was thinking that Dave meant when he was talking about the different fiefdoms was kind no, of what he was getting at, but I, I, I might have misinterpreted. No, I, 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 at first when Marvel did its thing, I thought DC could do exactly the same thing. 
I, I really believe that was quite possible. They bungled it so badly that I have then moved more to let's put out good movies. But I just feel that like, even organisationally, like the sequence they come out in, the, there just seems to be something very uneven about their performance that they still seem quite rudderless to me. And for all the hype of Suicide Squad, like how much fucking hype did they have for that James Gunn movie? I watched it, and you know what? A month later, I can barely remember it. You know, like I was say, and, and until you brought it up, I had literally forgotten it even existed. And that's not a, you know, and they and they really did put a lot of hype on that ball, you know, mm. and and frankly, it was okay, you know, but like everyone. Well, the problem is, is there's no meat to those type of movies. Yeah, they just empty, vapid, consume and forget movies. It's a shame because you know what I'm 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 going through a big DC phase and reading all this Bronze Age Superman, which is kind of me stretching my legs and something stuff I've never read before, and I constantly come across issues where I'm like, my God, you could do a good movie out of this issue, you know? Like they they they've got plenty of like good ideas with decent storylines that you could easily dust off, give to a proper screenwriter, get a good director, and you could get something. It's like the material is there, you know what I mean? Like. The characters work. That's that's what I'm trying to say. That that's more where I am. I'm like, I don't think it like origins. I'm sort of starting to move away from. You know, I'm I'm starting to be like, I don't need the origin of every hero. Give me some interesting stories with them. Um, I don't yeah, know. but the problem is, is and this has always been Warner Brothers' problem is that they don't care about the comics. Sure. That's why you have even the really good Batman movies with Michael Keaton. Mm. You have Selena Carl being thrown off a building and then being licked by cats and coming back to life <laughs> True. and having nine lives because they don't Good. care about the comics. Uh, yeah, They don't I, care about the stories in the comics. Or, and I guess I don't care. They want to make their own thing. Yeah, I get it. But I, I, I think maybe that there's – it's not just gold in those hills. I just feel sometimes it, there's some solid stuff there and it doesn't need to be genius. Like Civil War is a comic. Like, it's good, it was a bestseller, but it's, you know, it's essentially a clash of Captain America and Iron Man. And, yeah, but they, they used it, but at least they used that as a premise yeah, yeah. for the movie. They didn't adapt it page for page, no. but they kept the, the, the heart of it, but do you they know kept what the I, soul of it. Yes, Adam, do you know what I mean? Like, when we read some of those old Legion comics, at, for example, Legion Outpost, the same thing as Superman... Every now and then I go, this would be a really good plank of a really good TV episode, or it could be brought it out into a movie. Like, for example, Return to Krypton, the Superman story. I don't know if you guys have read it, where he goes back in time. Um, have you any... No. Oh, it's, it's an excellent Silver Age uh, story. Do you know what I mean, Adam? Sometimes when we read those classic Legion stuff, you know, I often say, God, you could dust this off and polish this up and really get something out of it. Yeah, I do. Um, I mean... I don't necessarily think you have to go back that far even, but, you know, you could. But, like, to me, most everything Jeff Johns puts out is like, that's that's a fucking movie. You know, his entire Green Lantern run is like, that would be a great fucking movie. Yeah. His Aquaman run, great fucking movie. And to an extent, they tried to go with that model with, you know, copying his stuff. But, like, the Aquaman movie, I don't think it really worked. I mean, it was enjoyable enough for me. It was nothing fantastic. I, I mean, I, I quite liked it, but it was like uh, 7 out of 10. You're not an Aquaman fan from the comics, Not at all. Though, right? Fuck no. I, I tell you something, a huge admission today. Michelle and I watched Venom again recently, okay? And so Michelle hates Venom. She's scared of him. And, like, tries to abandon my Venom paraphernalia, like, so it all has to stay in my <laughs> office or it's at work. I've got a big Venom mug. 
today. She said, you know what? I'm starting to come around on Venom after watching the movie again. <laughs> that was a big moment. It, uh, I was like, I looked at her. I was like, really? I was like, yeah, it's she, big. she's looking forward to Venom too. Let there be carnage. I, I, and, so then, and then you check the calendar to make sure it wasn't April first. Yeah, I did actually. It was a it was a it was a big one, Rich. I really did sort of. It took me by surprise, but it just goes to show sometimes the brainwashing works. You know, <laughs> how's your brainwashing going with your kid, Adam? How, where are, what level are you up to? You just do you, you just put images in front of her and just like try to. <laughs> <laughs> she has a Star Girl and a Wonder Woman doll that she takes to bed with her, but that that's about as far as I've gotten. Yeah, but you've got to start it young, don't you? Really. Like, for sure. Yeah, I know. I know Ray um, with his kid. Like his poor kid is getting. I, I swear to God, Ray has convinced his child that Moon Knight is the biggest superhero in the world. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's like who's this Batman you're talking about? Have you heard about Moon Knight? Um, now, funny information: the Supergirl in the Flash movie is reportedly getting a HBO Max TV series. So this was the Supergirl, not the Supergirl, Melissa Benway, or whatever her name was. Um, this is Benoist. Benoist. This is a different Supergirl, and she's already getting a, a HBO Max series. And I saw Connor said, "Where's my Henry Cavill Man of Steel too? Good, good question. <laughs> what did you think, Rich? Uh, I, as I said, they they just seem determined not to give us the characters that we want. Yeah, but um. It is funny, Supergirl. Like, you know who I prefer? Michael Keaton getting his own Batman fucking TV show, Batman Beyond or something, <laughs> you know? Like, it just... Oh, fuck, man. If they made a Batman Beyond, like, movie or live-action... Oh, I'd love it. Uh, ...TV show, I, w- I would fucking be down for that. And Michael Keaton as old... Yeah. Uh, old man Bruce Wayne? Fuck, man. I, I, would, I, I, I would, think there's I'm every chance that could that. actually happen if they... That's a deal that they could potentially make happen. But Supergirl, uh, HBO Max series, obviously, Adam, you've been a bit of a Tom King apologist, and I think you enjoyed the comic, <laughs> didn't you? Um, yeah, I, uh, it's kind of weird because we have a Supergirl show now, but of course it's on the CW, so pretty crap. Um, I'm, I'd be into it. I think you got to do something different to set it apart, so let's do Supergirl and the Legion. Let's do it. Oh, that'd be cool. See, I, I'd be, I'd be yeah. down for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's do we it. all know that's not happening, though. But... Is there any chance of that happening? It's a dream. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do you do different than the Supergirl show we have now? I mean, yeah, it's just weird to be doing another show. So I feel like they have to have some kind of angle. But wow, I'd be down for a Supergirl and Legion show. Out no, of you, just, you just have to change the character. That's all you need to do these days. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Anyhow, but yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea, man. Like I, I like the way you're thinking. See, I flipped on that and. You could basically make a really good Supergirl and Legion TV show. See, I'd be down for that, 100%. I think that's a good idea. Um, now, what's this? Someone's got here a new X-Men team. X-Men yeah, team. just a quick thing. Uh, there's a new X-Men team called The Legionnaires with only Seriously? one in. With Nightcrawler. Um, basically, it's spinning out of the Nightcrawler, I think it's called Way of X book. Um, but it's called the Legionnaires because of Legion, who is um, ah, right. Professor X's son. The crazy. But it ones. was just kind of, yeah. But it was just kind of funny because you know, of course, Nightcrawler was invented as a Legion of superheroes character. Yes. So it seems like they're kind of winking at us about that. What funsters, you know? Yeah. Like they're just <laughs> nonstop funsters all the time. I tell you what, that's another series I'll be giving a massive pass from Marvel. No thanks. 
Um, G Marvel are not are just not setting my world alight at the moment. Like nothing they're doing is engaging me at all. Mate, am I am I disenchanted and jaded at them? Just feels like I've just lost. I, the there's some stuff that I like, okay, but I mean for the most part, no. No, definitely not. And I dare say, Richard, we skipping this one. Uh, <laughs> yes. Now that I know about it, <laughs> you'll be skipping it. You'll delete it from your brain. Um, now what's this? Someone's got here. DC goes for laughs. Yeah, One Star Squadron, uh, written by Mark Russell, who did the Flintstone series, art by Steve Lieber, who did oh. um, uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, he did the Jimmy Olsen book. Yep. Uh, basically, it's a new team book, which I'm kind of excited about, uh, because I like when they take established characters and yes. throw them in together on a team. Sure. Uh, so this has Power Girl, Red Tornado, The Heckler from the 90s, wow. uh, Firehawk, uh, maybe Gangbuster, Plastic Man. I know who Gang, from... Gangbuster's a Superman character, isn't he? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was him, though, or not. Based on the image, it kind of looked like him. Oh. Um, but yeah, and then Flying Fox is from the young All-Stars. But yeah, basically, I think it's a bunch of like, here's a bunch of losers thrown together, yeah. and they're going to be like heroes for hire. Sure. I don't really think Power Girl belongs. You know, she seems like... Not a loser to me, but anyway. Got to, got to have that Superman type character. Who's yeah. Red Tornado? I'm uh, not Red Tornado. Who's Heckler? I'm not familiar with Heckler. Um, so you remember how we read the Five Years Later Legion? Yes, I do. Very confusing. So that was uh, Keith Giffen and Tom and Mary Beerbaum. After they did the Legion, they did this character called the Heckler. It was only right. a six-issue miniseries, but right. uh, kind of cool to see him being brought back. Yeah, for a you know long time fan, they're really digging deep into the into the wells to to get that one out. That's uh, interesting, and um, yeah. yeah, I mean and that's kind of stuff I like. You know, the, Mark the Russell guy. is highly regarded. Actually, Mark Russell's done he uh, quite a lot of comedic sort of stuff. I think he does satirical almost. Yeah. You know, he's very satirical. Um, I've read some stuff I liked, some stuff not so much. But anyway, well. That's always the way, most of the time. They're not all like Chuck Dixon, just churning it out, all the great stuff, you know, week after week. Uh, now, Warner Brothers have signed a deal for an AI-driven film management system which will help decision-making for greenlighting certain films. The AI system can assess an actor's value in any territory and how much a film is expected to earn in theatres. Well, I guess their forecasting has been down recently if this AI has been working overtime and just punching out like fucking losers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that's how they already make their decisions, yeah, you know, all say, yeah. and yep. poorly. Commit by committee and um, well, now they just now the computer can do it for them though. They don't have to think for themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's computers, you know, computer fucked up, not me. Um, there's a Mario movie coming from Illumination in December uh, 22. Chris Pratt as Mario, Anna Taylor Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser. Kevin Michael Key as Toad and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Uh, it's, so it's an animated one. This sounds interesting. Sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I added this. I uh, I love Mario. I always buy the Mario games. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's from Illumination though is not great. They don't. I don't like their movies that much. Oh dear. Uh, Chris Pratt as Mario. People are pretty upset about. Uh, oh dear. Yeah. Why? Because he's not Italian. No, because he's a big Christian just, boy. That, or I think people are just kind of done with him, or the oh. fact that it's like they were hoping for somebody that actually sounds like Mario. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, of course. That's the one you upset about, not the Jack Black as Bowser, because Bowser <laughs> certainly sounds like Jack Black. <laughs> well, sure, but it's like 
check back and try to do a Bowser, but you know, oh, and my God, Chris Pratt's gonna try to sound like Mario. Smoky Toki, uh, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Great. Now I've got to listen to Donkey Kong sound like he's high as a kite. <laughs> so, Rich, you're definitely not down low. Adam sounds a no, bit disgusted. some of those voices. I mean, yeah, I agree. Chris Pratt is not, I wouldn't uh, pick him as Mario, but none of those voices sound appealing to me as, as those characters. So, so it's a, it's a lose, it's a loss all around. Gee, I, I feel stupid. I was kind of excited for it, but you guys have really brought me down. So thanks. Um, See, I, I'll still check it out, but Illumination does those Despicable Me movies, which I think are pretty not great. Oh, excuse me. I like Despicable Me and Minions. Actually, the first Despicable Me is actually very good, but after that, it does start getting. I, I love Minions. Michelle knows I love Minions. They're, they're sort of my favorites. <laughs> like that. I preferred the uh, around the same time they had the Will Ferrell superhero movie. It's called Mega Mind or supervillain movie. I That's preferred that one. That's actually good too. I enjoyed that one as well. Um, Radio Times released the first stills of David Tennant's In Around the World in Eighty Days. Um, looks pretty good to me. I actually really like the old story of Around the World in Eighty Days. So oh, you know, it's actually, I just I just recently watched the. Um... The Jackie Chan one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't or too bad. it, I should say. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, man. Yeah. Who was in that movie with him? As the the, um, uh, uh, the the guy that plays Partridge. Um... Oh, I know the guy you mean. Yeah, he's in the trip. Partridge. Steve Coogan or Coogan? Yeah, or yeah, something oh. like that. Yeah, Steve Coogan gotcha. or something yeah, like that. Steve Coogan. I, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, for this one though, I I really like uh, David Tennant, so I would be yeah, interested. Yeah, me too. There you go, Adam. You're on the same page as me. Maybe we'll do a separate podcast called Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it scene he, by scene. He also played uh, Barty Crouch Jr. in Harry Potter, which is the only time I've ever heard the name Crouch in a movie, which is uh, notable. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, speaking of Harry Potter, The Secrets of Dumbledore is the new Harry Potter movie from the Fantastic Beasts. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've... I've have watched both of those Fantastic Beasts movies. I don't mind them. I know there's a lot of hatred towards them, but I, I mean, I, I'm no Harry Potter fan. Like, as I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but I thought they were okay. Um, but I saw the the film, the the reaction on the internet, if it's to be believed, last night was very negative. Um, am I just seeing a very small selection of negative people, Adam, or what do you think? Yeah, people don't like J.K. Rowling because of you know reasons, but. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like the first movie, but I'm, you know, interested in the second one and would like for the series to be good. I just think the first one had too much of the weird. Um, oh, who's the actor in those? Eddie Redmayne. Oh yeah, he was and all his over weird it, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd be more interested in the Dumbledore stuff for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was thinking as I was taking the dog for a walk uh, today, people were like, "The secrets of Dumbledore, the secrets we never wanted." I'm like, "Well, slay it." I'm sure there are Dumbledore fans out there, but I was like. If Lord of the Rings had done the Secrets of Gandalf spin-off movie, I would have dug that heavily. So I can only imagine that for some Harry Potter fans, that would be sort of similar, you know, like a sort of mysterious wizard, I suppose. No, 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 no. I, Harry Potter fans are fine. It's not the Harry Potter fans that are trying to cancel it. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's former, probably former Harry Potter fans who are now older canceling her. Yeah. It's mostly media, though. I got you. I do like Jude Law a lot, though. So if it's going to focus on him more, that's that's cool with me. Well, he plays Dumbledore, doesn't he? In in the old yeah. Ones. yeah yeah. The See, my, I'll be honest. With you, I do I do like Jude Law as well. But my biggest issue with those movies, and again, maybe it's that I wish they had gone for lesser name actors, like or not got as so many 
didn't go for so many well-known name actors. Like, I understand why you do it in the Harry Potter ones, because obviously the kids are no names. Right. And so you want there to be some sort of, and again, you could have a few, you could have like Jude Law, but I felt like, so like having like, you know, uh, Redmayne, uh, uh, Jude Law, um, uh, Colin, Depp. Uh, yeah, Johnny Depp, um, Colin, what's his name? Farrell. Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Like, I was just like, I think if you're going to go for that names, then I think the, the main character needed to be a, more of a no name or a lesser name. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, I mean, I know he's an Oscar winner, but I guess I do kind of consider him a bit of a, a nobody at this point. But maybe that's just me. Well, I consider Eddie, whatever his fucking name is, pretty close to a no name. You know, um, I don't know. I, like, who knows? But anyway, I, I think once you win an Oscar, I don't think you can be considered a no name, though. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's true. I, it's also just having that me and Dave don't give a shit about him. Apparently. No, I don't either. I'm just saying. Like... <laughs> he was actually really good in that. Uh... I don't remember what it was called, the Chicago Five movie with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. I forget. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? It was the uh, I know the, the one you're talking guy. about. Yes. Yeah. I've not I've not seen it. It's a good movie though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. It's pretty um, decent. Okay, yeah. cool. And now, anyway, moving on from the secrets of Dumbledore. Um, Star Wars editor and George Lucas's ex-wife criticized the sequels and Kathleen Kennedy's handling of the franchise. She also hates Phantom Menace. It made her cry in a car park after seeing it. People forget uh, Lucas's ex-wife was actually massive in cutting the films up, and you know, very much an underacknowledged uh, part of the Star Wars legacy. And what are you saying, Rich? You're grumbling over there, but she's criticizing the sequels, much like you have, my friend. Yeah, but I also think people, um, if you've seen George edit uh, George Lucas's editing of THX. It's phenomenal editing in that movie that he did. So I think people, yes, she helped and she should get praise and acknowledgement for that help. But I think people have over overhyped how much she should be thanked for that. Well, I guess she wasn't thanked at all for 20 years, Rich, as well. Let's not forget. Like, she's been erased from history, basically. So, you know, if there's if there's a bit of a... That doesn't change there. the fact that... I. Whether you were thanked or not doesn't mean that you, your participation needs to be elevated beyond what it was, though. Keep it, keep it, keep it low. She was the, she was the editor. Real. She was the editor of Star Wars, so she's got that string to a bow, you know. Yeah, but people are trying to say it's thanks to her that the the, the editing is so good and why Star Wars is so great. And it's like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. <laughs> like, yes, she had a hand in it. Let's not say it's all thanks to her why Star Wars is so good. I think she had a yeah, but apparently didn't. Apparently, from what I've read, and from what I've heard, apparently on Empire Strikes Back, George was very disconnected. I believe he may have been going through the divorce at the time. Um, I believe on Empire Strikes Back, it might have been one of the least involvements that that he had. Now, on that, that's <laughs> third hand. Best movie. Yeah, I know that that's third hand kind of like information, but that's what I have heard reported that he had a lot less to do with Empire Strikes Back than any of the other movies. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, regardless, she hates the sequels, Rich, so you're, you're in a camp there, I would assume. Uh, well, any sane person should hate the sequels, so... Um... I And I think the prequels, going back now and watching them, I can see things to enjoy, whereas at the time, I really... Str- I've got to be honest, I really did struggle with the prequels. I saw them all in cinemas... 
I really tried to get excited, if you know what I mean. Like, I saw all of them on, like, opening night, but I have found going back and watching them, like, 20 years later, you know, when I was watching with Michelle, I'm like, man, there's bits and pieces of this I really quite enjoy, like the the pod racing scene in um, Phantom Menace um, and various other bits and pieces. There's stuff there. They're just not... It's just not an overall attractive package. Um, am I being fair, Adam, do you think? Uh, I can't, I was like seven when Phantom Menace came out, mm-hmm. so I was on board for those. You sure. know, didn't really look at them too critically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually enjoy parts of the prequels for sure. Where are you on the prequels, Rich? I'm, I don't know if we've ever had this discussion. Uh, probably the one I... The, oddly enough, the one I probably... enjoy the most, honestly, is actually the Phantom Menace, which seems to be the ones that people hate. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's made... The second one is the one people hate the most. I feel like, huh? I feel like now, any anymore, I feel like people hate the second one the yeah, most because of, the, of the Hayden Christensen sand. Sure, sure. But to be fair, yeah. But I mean, for you know, people also hate the first movie because it's um, tr- yeah, it's talking about trade federation and you know stuff, and it's like yeah, but it's also got young uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn and yeah. Darth Maul, and it's the first time that you got to see a real fucking lightsaber, um, full on lightsaber fight mm. and a, 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 a dual edged lightsaber, and it's the first time that you heard the. Uh, what's the song? The fa- um, Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I was just like, fuck me. This movie is, is fantastic when I watched it for the first time right. in the cinema. Yeah. I was just like, I'm fucking blown away right now. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, and again, I had the pod race. I just felt like the first one was as close to original Star Wars, whereas the other two I feel were much further away, mm-hmm. which can also be a good thing because you don't want it to feel – I mean, that's the issue with the sequels – is that they feel too much like the original Star Wars. But I kind of feel like Phantom Menace was a good way to just get you in, give you that feeling of like, you know, something small. And then it went to something massive to like an actual like galactic war and, Mm. you know, massive armies and stuff. But no, I I, I like the first one. It's got, again, people go, but it's got, you know, fucking young Anakin and it's got uh, Misa, what's his name? Jar Jar, you know, Jar Jar Binks. I'm like, yeah, but I can overlook that because of the cool stuff. Yeah, I hear you, Yeah, that's kind of where I am. It's like, there's going to be... I think even in the originals, there's things that I'm just like, eh, not the biggest fan of, but you just kind of yeah. look at the things you do like. Hey, let's be honest, not many people were fans of the Ewoks at first. <laughs> yeah. I, I was so. as a kid, less so, you know, when I'm watching it, but yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Rich, I want to get your views on this, because you, you seem to know more about gaming stuff at times. Epic Games CEO... Time Sweeney says Apple has effectively blacklisted Fortnite from the App Store for five years. What is the dispute over, Rich? Have you kept track of this at all? Like, I know they've been fighting in the courts. Uh, just basically, they don't want to give Apple a cut. Right. Okay. That's, that's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit more intricate stuff, but it basically boils down is that they feel that Apple is taking too big of a cut. Right. And they're, they're probably true. Yeah, and they've got their own, I assume, have they got their own sort of, like, Well, they have, yeah, they've got their own launcher, basically, but you have to run everything through the Apple launcher, basically, like the Apple operating system, whereas a lot of other stuff, like if you have it on, say, your Android or your PC or whatever, you're actually running it through the Epic launcher. So, now, again, Apple doesn't want to do that because Apple gets a cut. Yes. 
when you use their launcher and so everything that is on their store has yeah. to run through their launcher so that's what the that's basically what the disputes over so yeah okay so can you play this game i've never played it to be honest can you play it on like your xbox and stuff and ps5s and all that Mate, kind of this, this game is like the new um uh, minecraft that can literally yeah. be played on anything that's what i thought i i thought i'd seen ads for it and stuff so potentially they're sort of saying we can forgo this um, and how has the lawsuit been going? Has anyone won, or is it still tied up in the courts? No, God, it's been going for ages. Right, okay. Um, interesting. Have you ever played this Fortnite game, Adam? Uh, I give it a shot. I'm just, you know, you, you have people 12. playing it all day, every day. <laughs> that It's kind of hard to compete. Yeah, yeah I, can exactly. imagine. I can imagine that. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, Smash Blu-ray sales. Um, it basically topped the NPD video scan first alert chart, which tracks DVD and Blu-ray disc unit sales for the weekend in September 11. Um, I mean, in an age where physical media is certainly becoming less of a thing, um, it just goes to show there was an appetite um, that, you know, Snyderverse kind of fan base, they really did support this this movie. I still feel it was, it was okay. I mean, I didn't mind it, but um, here's something that annoyed me. Am I the only one? I just didn't like the fact it was like a square on my TV and not taking up the whole TV. I didn't really care. I guess. I mean, I, I see your point. Yeah. I I don't know. I just I just feel like it's been a whole lot of fuss about not much. Like when I watched it again, I was like, yeah, look, it's better than the original, but that was such a low bar to clear. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I I'm sort of glad it's over and we've moved on. If people want to go and buy a Blu-ray of it, more power to them. But I don't want to see any yeah. more of it, you know. I'll probably well, pick it up like when it's on sale someday, but yeah. I can't really, you know, I'm yeah. not going to watch a four-hour movie that often. So it's like, I'm not gonna well, spend if, if, if it's on sale for a really cheap price, I'll get it because I'm a completist and I've got nearly all of those movies. You know what I mean? Same. Like, you know, it's yeah. you know, I'm in no rush. Um, I, now, I think this this was a great experiment to show you that I think far too many people put too much of themselves into the things that they are passionate about or. For sure. That they like. Because I'm like, you, I know you petition for it, but you are allowed to at the end of the day go, oh, you know what? Yeah, we petitioned for it, but it wasn't worth the petition. <laughs> like, But it's like, no, it was brilliant. It was the best fucking movie ever. And it's like, <laughs> it trumps all the MCUs. It's so much deeper. And it's like, bro, you, you petitioned for it. You got it. Yeah. Just be honest. Like, I understand you feel like it's you're worth less now if you say that, but it's not. It's not you. No, I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Good. I feel like they probably do actually enjoy it just because they, you know, they like the other ones, which also weren't very good <laughs> to me. It's funny, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, look, as I said, I know, I know they've added a bit more, but I don't, I don't understand how you can hate the one Justice League and say the other one is like literally the best fucking thing ever yeah, when they share fair. when they share so much mm-hmm. of the skeletal. Oh, they do. Um, Bones that I just, I don't understand how you can say that one is absolute fucking garbage, worst movie ever. But this one here with just a little bit more meat on it, oh yeah. fuck me, like best movie in ten years. I'm like, ah, oh, that, that can't be possible. It's not possible. <laughs> well, yeah. they're they're in a, they're in a sort of echo chamber situation, I think, to rich a bit, you know, where they're sort of it's it's all a bit of a mutual jerk off kind of thing. Like you know, a lot of guys agreeing with themselves who are agreeing with themselves, and it just goes on and on. Um, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Time were reportedly very close to receiving modern remasters at Activision. I was a big fan of Shattered Dimensions. Do you remember when I used to play that game all the time, Rich? Mm-hmm. Um, I was a re- I, I, do you ever play this game, Adam? Um, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions? Had- I never could get past the... Um, Craven. 
Craven level, you but I uh, the, really wanted to pay was, was voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, was it? Yeah, they each had... Well, yeah, everyone had four different, different Spider-Man, four different voices. Neil Patrick Harris was the main Spider-Man, though. The Amazing Spider-Man, yeah, which was Craven. Well, they grabbed up the voice actors from the cartoons, right? So he was the MTV Spider-Man cartoon voice. Yep, yep you're right. So that's when they got him back for the game. Um, but I always wanted to get into the 2099 stuff, but I never could get that far. <laughs> wow, I got that far. You know, you know this, the, 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 the level that got me was the Deadpool level, where the Deadpool wave... Um, and and even in it. Yeah, he there's 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 a level where it's like a massive wave is coming, and so everything's all Deadpool themed. I don't remember it that well, but it's quite deep into the game. I, I was really into it, and I was very disappointed in myself that I never finished it. Um, I would have played a remaster, especially because I haven't finished it. I'd also do the same thing with the Wolverine Origins game. That's a game where I got up to this certain level, and I actually went to YouTube the other day to try to work out how to get through the level. Um, that's a game that I fucking adored. Rich, you'd remember how many hours well, I spent on that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. Well, first, Dave, I want to say that you need to play the new fucking Spider-Man game because yeah, <laughs> you're whining about these old games yeah, no, when you true. have a perfectly awesome PS5 yeah. game to play. Yeah, no, I do. And then also, did you ever play the X-Men 2? I think it was called X-Men 2, and it was about Wolverine, Wolverine's Fury or something? Uh, no, because the, the next... That was a fun game. The next game that came out... No, I didn't actually play that game, but I do remember it coming out, yeah. Uh, Wolverine Origins was an awesome game. Did you ever play that? No, I've heard it was really good, though. It was a lot of fun. Like, I got very deep into that, and there's just this one scene where you've got to do this double jump thing, and I just constantly kept fucking it up. And then I came back, like, five years later and tried to do it, and I just got so frustrated that eventually I just gave up, and then my 360 died. (laughs) And it's not remastered. But if that game was remastered, or even just available backwards compatible, I would do it in a heartbeat. I really enjoyed that game. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. And Rich would remember, I used to, remember Rich how grumpy I used to get about that level? And I couldn't finish it, and I was just such a grump about the whole thing. Um, you play games like me, because I'll put them away for like five years, and I'll be like, okay, yeah. i got to beat this now. <laughs> I've got to do it. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes I manage to succeed. Like Mortal Kombat 11, that battle at the end, I just couldn't beat it. Then I came back like two years later and finished it off, and I felt such a sense of accomplishment. Um, you know, Rich, you're, you're very much a completist, though, aren't you, Rich? Uh, if I don't finish a game when I stop playing it, I'll never play it again. Yeah. But you, in general, compared to me, you you complete more games than you you know abandon, don't you? I don't know. I mean, I certainly finish games quicker than you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the um, I don't know about the number, but I certainly do it quicker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm deep in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I still don't feel I'm I'm close to the end because I've done so many side missions that, like, it's ridiculous, and, like, you know, the, the story mission is going at a glacial pace. But um, we had an interesting thing here about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. star Chloe Bennett, who just recently pulled out of the Powerpuff Girls, has reportedly de- debunked rumours about her reprising her role as Quake for Marvel's Secret Invasion series. Um, she commented on the persistent rumours during a recent Instagram story, saying... I have avoided saying anything like this in general on social media or whatever because I thought it would blow over, but it has not. I am in no way attached or involved, even at all or a little bit, in the Secret Invasion Marvel thing. I honestly don't even know really what that is. 
I'm only coming on here to say this because it has got to the point where I'm getting hundreds of messages about this. I'm getting approached in person. Today it was a tampon aisle at Target, so I figured I would clear the, the air. Is anybody really that excited for Chloe Bennett's fucking character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, I don't know. Like... Well, I mean, two things. First off was when that show started, we were promised it was part of the MCU, and then they kind of backtracked on that. So I think people that watched the show and are MCU fans, maybe. And then also just the fact that it's, you know, Secret War, and she was a big part of the... Or, I mean, it's uh, Secret Invasion, and she was a big part of the, you know, the Secret Warriors, or whatever they were called, in the comics. So I think that's probably why. So there's a little bit of hate on it. Does anyone think there's any chance? Is Is she putting out a fake fire? You know, I don't think she's in it. And oh. I think we spent about two minutes longer on this story than it really deserves. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, Justly, it was the, funny. The tampon aisle. <laughs> Justice League versus the Legion. This is the Bendis book. Am I right, uh, Adam? It's been confirmed. Yeah, um, yeah, it's being teased in the new Justice League annual. Uh, we kind of talked about it on Legion Outpost, but I wanted to mention it here. Um, I'm not that keen to see Justice League versus Legion. I think usually when they do that, the story doesn't that interesting, but if it brings Justice League readers to the Legion, I'd be okay with that. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be. I I just wish Brian Michael Bendis wasn't the guy doing it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna apparently be he problem. apparently this he he's been hinting that he might be the next Batman writer. Oh fuck! <laughs> Didn't they just get a new Batman writer? Because because yeah, what's his name? There's guy. lots of there's lots of Batman books, mate. There is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, also, I wouldn't say Joshua Williamson is like a long term thing necessarily you know yeah plus the one who was right didn't he just quit yeah yeah that's yeah i'm um, james t in the fourth quit and then josh williamson uh got tapped and he I mean he did a pretty good batman superman run that a lot of people like joshua williamson i um, couldn't get into it it was in that whole uh what was it they were doing villain of the year or whatever okay you're the villain yeah um really uh, th- this is more recent than that it starts out with um it starts out with the the batman who laughs but apparently look yeah, what, all i know is you're the villain okay all right okay fair enough well <laughs> but no i mean if it's good you know i know you said um connor likes it so maybe i'll give another shot he loves it i you know all i know is that he he loved it and i i did hear some people saying they enjoyed it but I don't know. I don't mind Joshua Williamson too much. Like, you know, out of the crop of writers available, uh, he's one of those guys who I'm like, like, I, I quite enjoyed, I know Richard will roll his eyes, but I quite enjoyed him from Frontier, you know? I'm not saying it was the greatest, like you know? Yeah, I'm not saying it was the greatest thing I've ever read, but, like, I quite enjoyed it, you know? Um, but we'll see what happens. His uh, Flash run was a lot of, like... Uh... A lot of teas, yeah. or what's a lot all, of sizzle and no steak. All guess, sizzle, no like. steak. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah, and that is annoying. And I'll tell you who's guilty of that. Fucking Bendis, you know. Yeah. And it's his sizzle isn't that interesting either. Can I just say? I was just about to say. <laughs> I don't know if I would say he's got sizzle. Like it, it, it sort of hisses and spits a little bit, but it's not like a lot of sizzle. It's just like oh god, Bendis. It's like you know where you, where the you say to the kids, if you just eat junk food, you'll wind up hungry. He is like that you're eating, and you're like, man, there's no substance here whatsoever. Like, we're just circling the well, same wagons. On, uh, Rich, on Outpost, um, we always talked about uh, Paul Levitz and how good he was with the A-plot, B-plot, C-plot structure. And I always felt, what I would say at the time, was that Bendis was all B-plot, B-plot, B-plot structure, where it just felt like nothing ever really yeah. amounted to anything. 
Yeah, he didn't yes, pay it off. I, I completely agree. Most of Bendis' stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yep. Anyhow. And I don't, and I, I'm not saying there's an in I mean so much of in that book doesn't matter. It's literally just oh, people yeah. talking, but nothing's really moving forward. Yeah. Your well, main yeah, plot or like anything. Sometimes... So... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. So I I'm agreeing say... with you. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, sometimes it feels like he is maybe going to develop something, and then when you get to the end of his run, and you're just looking back, and you're like, wow, that was a lot of, you know, B-plot. <laughs> it's, it's the classic, thanks, Bendis. <laughs> well, that's that, that's probably where Bendis and J.J. Uh, Abrams have a bit in common, is that, like, J.J. is famous for that mystery box. Yeah. But he never yeah. fucking tells you what's in the box. He keeps just using mysteries to keep you whatever. And it's the same with Bendis. Bendis just has so many, he's juggling so many B plots that you're hoping something's going to pay off. Yeah. But most of the time, nothing pays off. It's crazy. It's crazy. And yet, nailed it. Here he is on a fucking Just League versus Legion. And, and I do see on the Legion pages, not so much on Legion Outpost, because we kind of rule the roost there, Adam. And uh, Adam puts up a lot of great material on Legion Outpost. But on some of the Legion pages, there are some Bendis apologists, that's for sure. You know? Um, some guys who sometimes just say getting anything's better than nothing. You know, that's yeah. kind of the philosophy. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. But... Yeah. Um, now, we had a thing here, NBC exec Don Olmeyer, who pushed for Norm MacDonald's firing for Saturday Night Live, also tried to ban him from late night. Um, what a disgrace, because obviously R.I.P. to Norm MacDonald, who was a fantastic comedian. Um, who recently passed away, and I just thought I'd put that note in there because he did a lot of anti-OJ jokes during the OJ trial. And um, this guy Is was that a, why he wanted him fired? Yeah, he was a big pal of OJ, yeah. And, and Norm oh, MacDonald really went after OJ in the, in the um, you know, the you know the news desk thing, whatever they call it. Um, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the funny thing. They fired him from that, but not Saturday Night Live. Weekend update. I think it was called well, Weekend yes, it Update. Is. It is well done. It is, yeah. And he was he was doing that, and they essentially fired him from that. But they said, oh, you we'll just use you for skits." And he was just like, "I'm not very good at skits, but all right." Yeah, he's a funny. He was a funny guy. I tell you that much. He's he's Burt Reynolds when he did the Burt Reynolds yeah. with the Jeopardy is fucking hilarious. It is good. Yeah, <laughs> I saw an interview he did with uh, Larry King, and Larry King's like, "Tell us something that we don't." know about you you know larry king doing his whole yeah, shtick yeah and <laughs> norm was like well i'm a massive closeted homosexual and he's like are you saying that you're you're coming out on my show and he's like no i'm closeted <laughs> and larry king just did not get it yeah, like, yeah yeah that's... yeah that's the thing norm was very dry like yes so i sure. think a lot of these jokes went over people's heads which is why i think he's underappreciated definitely yeah. but if you take the time to appreciate him there's a lot of gold there actually uh mm. he's one of those guys he, he he really had something about him and he'll be sadly missed um, Rumours suggest that Quantic Dream, the developer behind Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human, has signed a deal with Disney to make a Star Wars game. Now, Rich, these, oh, yeah, these games were really fucking boring. They weren't games, mate. Those are interactive books. They're interactive movies. They're not games. Oh, my God. Heavy Rain will probably go down. Do you remember, Rich, that I bought it and I was brushing my uh, teeth? I told you not to. I did. remember telling you, you specifically Is it not like to. the Telltale games? No, worse, worse, worse than that. Worse. How could it be worse than that? Oh, I thought those boy. were just like click a button. No, well, that's the thing. At least those are click a button and something happens with things like heavy rain and whatever. They literally make you brush your teeth that's so fucking by boring. moving the controller or you've got to rock 
back the 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 thumbstick to brush your teeth or to yeah. draw like it's like that's not gameplay it sucks mate. like so fucking hard don't it's, try and pretend that you've got gameplay in your in your movie yeah at it least really at least the telltale games they are what they are like they have a couple of quick time events but at the end of the day it's you know that you're playing a a, a movie basically you're playing a, a, a choose your choose your own adventure type like yeah. book yeah. but the other they try and hide it by just adding in this mundane fucking control stick gameplay for nothing <laughs> you yeah. got one where you've got to walk around that's the one where he's going jason jason and you literally have to press the circle button to make him yell his kid's name that's for like <laughs> 10 15 minutes and i'm like that's not gameplay that's boring as fucking hell um now i do want to bring up something though um death stranding uh, I've got a PS5 now. Should I be picking up the director's cut edition of this game, which has got Daryl from Walking Dead as the character, and it's the guy who created um, what are those games called with snake eyes? You know, metal, yeah, metal, solid. <laughs> snake, snake eyes, liquid snake, snake, solid snake, solid snake, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, those games. So now I've heard very mixed reviews on this. Now, what do you guys think? Is it worth picking up? I wouldn't. No. You know me, Rich. You know my gaming style. Am I going to get bored? Yes. Yeah, I think I am too. I'm getting bored thinking about it. You know the yeah, real. I'm the... fucking pissed off. Play Spider Man. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the real reason this is going to sound so sad. I'm such a marketing victim. The real reason is because yeah. they're using Daryl from Walking Dead's face yeah. a little, you know, and it's just a big Daryl. <laughs> like sometimes. Not even that good. But sometimes I fucking just hate myself for just how the marketing succeeds with me. You know, I'm just like, why? Why can't I be more resistant? Um, but I'm just never resistant to marketing. Uh, now, <laughs> breaking news. This broke last night, Rich. A Boba Fett special is set to hit Disney Plus on November 12th in honour of Disney Plus Day, which I'm throwing up about. That's a thing. Um, the special will focus on the origins and legacy of the legendary bounty hunter. Rich, you excited? Super excited. I'm so excited I'm falling asleep. Is it the guy from um, the New Zealand guy, the Kiwi guy who was in the... Um, he was in something recently. What was he in? Samara Morrison. Yeah, Mand- Mandalorian. Didn't he well, he's going to he's gonna have his own show, The oh. Book of Fed or whatever, but yeah. I would assume that it would be that. So are they going to de-age him for the origins? No, they don't have to because his face is covered in... Oh. Sure. No, they they'll could, probably, they they'll probably get a young... Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll get a young actor to do it. Okay. I'm looking forward well, we, to it. Well, we don't really need it. I mean, again, I don't, I don't need Boba Fett to fucking have a... A, a detailed origin story for fuck's sakes. Like that's the, 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 the thing that made him so popular back in the day was that you didn't know who the fuck he was. He was just this cool looking bounty hunter. And everyone's like, Oh my God, I fucking love him because you yeah. don't know anything about him. He's a mystery. Yeah, it's true. He's As a, a kid, cool yeah. mystery. Yeah. And you, everyone wants to take all the mystery out of everything. Why? Are you Agreed. spitting in the face of Disney Plus Day, Rich? You, you're just oh, not I, getting in the my, spirit. My subscription Disney to Disney Plus has been cancelled for ages now. I mean, you realise one day that Disney are going to buy the government and Disney Plus Day will be an official fucking holiday. That sounds like it's Adam's problem, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Oh, Disney, Disney Plus buying Day. the government. Disney Plus Day. I mean, Rich is just not feeling Disney Plus Day and he's not feeling Boba Fett. Where are you, Adam, on this one? Um, I'm still kind of like checking things out, but I mean, a lot of their stuff isn't like blowing me away or anything. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not really, I've not really watched any of the classic stuff. I don't know. Like the, the, funny thing, the funny thing is, I think 
Disney Star Wars is having the same problem as DC Warner Brothers. Yeah. No one quite knows what the fuck they're doing with the properties. <laughs> I mean, we've got the uh, one guy who always seems to do good stuff. I forget. Uh, he did Favre? like the Clone Wars and Mandalorian. Oh yeah, uh, no, the guy that works with him. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, uh, Dave, Dave Filoni. Yeah. yeah, he, you know, when he's involved, it seems like things go okay. Well, that's because he was George Lucas's protege. Yeah, he worked under and with George Lucas for like years right. with the Clone Wars and all that. So he has so many of George's ideas written down, <laughs> and so now not that he's using them, but he uses them as a guidance or yeah. like inspiration and stuff and all that. But yes, he thinks about things long term. Disney don't. They only think about things short term. Yeah. Think about profit. They think about money. The mouse likes cheddar. Um, now, again, Rich, you're going to have you brought in here as a guy who actually knows something about games. Halo Infinite. This is the quote. At launch, we anticipate that on average it should take a player 16 to 18 hours of playing and eventually winning before they run out of daily challenges. This is from the community manager. I mean, to me, this sounds so shit. Does he mean 16 to 18 hours and it's done? That's it? Uh, n- no. Oh. Uh, that's daily. Uh, oh, oh yeah, daily challenges. So the, what they're saying is that you would have to play for 16 oh. to 18 hours a day to, com- to complete all the daily challenges. That's what I was hoping it meant. Well, right. that's what it sounds like to me. That's awesome, then. I've gone from hating this story to loving this story. Yeah. So what they're saying is if you want to complete all the daily challenges, set aside the whole day. <laughs> are you going to do that, Rich? I know you're a bit of a Xbox. No, 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 no. I play Halo for fun and all that, but I don't I don't play it, like, every day and, and, and all that sort of stuff. I could play Assassin's Creed all day. Like, seriously, if I was getting left to my own devices and, like, Michelle just basically said, Dave's a lost cause, you know? Um, mm. I can do it. I can do it for sure. I know Adam's just getting so annoyed that I'm not playing Spider-Man, though. That's, that's the problem. With that. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, I feel that way about Spider-Man, where I uh, yeah was playing it, uh, trying to get through it, and uh, for a while I like felt like I was Spider-Man. I love it. I love it. Adam, as, as someone who's known Dave many, many, many years, just be prepared that anything that you recommend to him, <laughs> just be prepared for it to take 10 to 15 years. Oh, oh yes. I've noticed that already where... Uh, he asked for an Aquaman recommendation. He took like my fifth recommendation and then gave me shit on the show. He was like, oh, Adam, who's really pushing this? I'm like, no, Dave. It's like my eighth recommendation. <laughs> okay, well, there's no, hey, I'm laughing, but you're ganging up on me. I don't like it. Um, I'm not ganging up on you. We're just, we're just pointing out facts. Yeah, we're just well, telling the truth. That's funny stuff, guys. Um, Netflix will add games to the service and won't charge for them, and people probably don't want them. Uh, they confirmed in a shareholder's letter that it's further expanding into games and won't charge Mo- members Mo- extra, mobile games. Yeah, extra <laughs> for access to that suite of mobile titles, um, which, you know, I don't know what they're going to be. Snakes and Ladders, you know, Tetris, that kind of stuff. Um <laughs> No, mo- Gannett, mobile gaming is fucking huge, man. No, I know. I know it is. I know. I'm just old. I just don't have the sort of... No, I don't, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's huge. Yeah. I play Words with Friends. Does that count? I play that on my yes, phone. Yes, that's a mobile game. Yeah, I play that. Um, now, someone in this news item really blew me away. Solid Snake voice actor David Hayter wants to play Wolverine in a new video game, the, which is the Insomniac game that's apparently coming. Uh 
Now, David Hayter, best known for his role as Solid Snake, uh, blah, 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 expressed his desire. Now, someone here said he co-wrote X-Men 1 and 2 in Watchmen? Yep. Really? I knew the name sounded familiar, yeah. That's bizarre. So this voice actor has credits on X-Men 1 and 2 in Watchmen. The, the um, do you the mean movies. the... The, the movies. Yeah. The movies. Uh-huh. Right. What else? That's some pretty big credits. Like, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I mean... Has he done other stuff after that? Like, is this? Would you like this guy to be Wolverine? I don't know. I don't know what his voice sounds like. Uh, honestly, n- n- no. Um, I'm a fan. I'm. I am a fan of of David Hayter. Um, he's obviously voiced um, Solid Snake from when I did enjoy the Metal Gear Solid games, which was only really one, two, and maybe a bit of three. Right. Um, he also does the voice of the Jedi Knight in the Old Republic MMO. He also played uh, Captain America in the 90s cartoon. Yeah, but I, I don't think he's... I think if he tries to do his Solid Snake voice, it's going to sound too much like Solid Snake. And I don't think his voice is deep enough, maybe. Or maybe verse, uh, maybe versatile is not the right word, but I just think it... I think people will hear Solid Snake if he doesn't. Okay. It's interesting. I'm just reading his writing credits uh, as well. Uh, By the way, Mark Hamill has voiced Wolverine in a video game, and it was terrible. I like that game. <laughs> the game's yeah, fine, but the voicing is terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What's the game? It's a Wolverine X-Men 2. game. No. I mean, no, it was it was called X-Men 2. I thought it was called like X-Men 2 Wolverine's something. It was only a Wolverine game, but it was for yeah, X-Men yeah. 2. I can't remember the title, but it was definitely just a Wolverine yeah. game. Right. Yeah. Okay. It was a good game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he also wrote Scorpion King. Yes, I'm just looking at it now. Scorpion King, Lost in Oz, Watchmen, Chasm, Wolves, Warrior Nun, TV. There's a big gap at times. Yeah, it's, it's just odd that this guy is, has writing credits. I guess at one period he was really into writing screenplays. He wrote like four completed screenplays in, in three years, and then there was a gap, and then he did Watchmen. And then after that, there's not been much. Well, he could he could be doing uh, voice acting in between those. Oh yeah, yeah. I imagine that's where he's getting you know the majority of his cash from. Um, I've only played. He was in he was in Dragon Age Inquisition as a voice actor. Um, uh, was he? Yeah, Lieutenant Wren, whoever that is. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Um, You've only played. Yeah, I know. I said that, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Anyway, oh yeah, with uh, Metal Gear Solid, I I played one of them. I think it was the last one, and I've never been more confused. Like, I was storyline storyline. I was gonna say, if you're coming in on the last one, you will be utterly fucking confused. I was so confused, Rich, and and I struggled with the concept of stealth. Um, I was getting in full blown battles, and I think that the game wanted me to be more stealthy, and. I was just, I was really struggling for, for any kind of form, but it was quite. You know what? It was enjoyable when it wasn't weird. When it was just the battling and the fighting and the gunplay, I I really enjoyed it. But it had these weird scenes that I just didn't even understand what was going on. Um, uh, so, what's the difference between Metal Gear and Metal Gear Solid? Is it the same I, thing? I have no like, idea, Richard. Uh, people... Well, if you're talking about Metal Gear, that the very very first game was just a bloody um, Nintendo isometric pixel game and then metal gear solid was the very first um uh 3d uh 3d game which came out on the playstation one 
Okay, I played that. I like that game a lot. Yeah, that game is fucking fantastic. That's that's sure. probably the best. Is there uh, a part of that game where you have to unplug your controller and plug it into the other yes, port? Yes, that's where. Oh, that's you, so bizarre. That's where you fight the uh, Psycho Mantis. How are you supposed to know that? That's it. You just. <laughs> well, if you actually, if you go back and watch it now, he actually tells you. Oh, okay. Like there's there's actually clues to when he's what he's saying. Right. Really. That's interesting. Mm. That's crazy, but it's interesting. Um, all right, moving on from that, because that just blew me away. Um, X-Men Dark Phoenix's Jessica Chastain said she never knew her character's name in the Dark Phoenix movie um, until the premiere. And it, this wasn't really her fault. It was mostly to do with the many, many script changes and reshoots. They kept changing the... the Basically, at one point, there were scrolls, then there was something else, then there was Shia. There were all sorts of different things. I mean, that is hilarious that... That, that movie was so confused. And the guy, apparently, who directed it, he was obsessed with the special effects. And when you, I actually saw the movie in cinemas, and I just thought, what a waste of time. Has anyone else here seen the Dark Phoenix movie? No. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty not great. Um, yeah. Just like Apocalypse was not great. And they yeah, wasted I, Jessica I, Chastain. I tapped out of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that was, I was like, I'm done. I rewatched yeah. Apocalypse recently. Just to get to the Wolverine scene, and like, yeah, which was cool. It, it was cool, and and after that, you know, I got to that scene and the end of it, I thought I don't need to watch any more of this. You know, this movie yeah. only gets worse from this point. Um, yep. Really bad how they mishandled the X Men movies at the, at the end at Fox, but I guess Dark Phoenix was coming out as Disney were buying them and stuff. You know, like it was it was the dying days of Fox. Now Scott Snyder was saying that when he was doing New 52 Batman um at one point DC editorial didn't want him to something to do with the mystery of the owls. I don't know quite know what it was. He was telling him to tear up his contract if he didn't like his Batman story. Um it was and he was screaming at them. He was he was he was in like a, a shopping center and he was like screaming to his phone tear up my contract if you don't like it. And all this it was it was quite intense apparently. He was just saying the other day online. I think he needs a little editorial reining in, yeah. uh, honestly, after his Justice League run. Yeah, Fucking I woeful. I'd be like, please. I wish Bendis would do that. They'd just call his bluff. Making a thousand dollars a page. The, yeah. the, the problem, again, with this is it shows that um, the, the inmates are running the asylum. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, the, you work for the company. Yeah. You know, yes, you do a story, but if they don't like that story, you're an employee. Well, there's always been a now. I guess to say editorial. to his credit, during the New Fifty Two, we do know that there was a lot of like yeah. crazy editorial stuff where people were yeah, getting... but but screaming tear up my contract if you don't like my Batman yeah. story is kind of sure. like it's a bit childish. He was probably a bit high on his own supply though, because if you recall. His Batman, especially the first half of his Batman, was very well regarded during U fifty two. It was one of the leading lights. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, but my point is is like I still feel like you could have kept that in your back pocket and then done another story and then tried again maybe like once. Yeah. Well dude, I, I, I just I there's a many times where he threatened to walk off the book. Um just well, it just sounds like it. he threatens every time he doesn't get his own way. Yeah. Like it's yeah. he's just he's just gonna be left to his own devices and they must pay him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and that kind of guy, you, you tolerate as long as the sales are good, you know. Um, yeah. 
And he stayed on the book too long, in my opinion. I think by the end of his run, he was really running out of. Well, that uh, what was it zero year or whatever it was yeah. what, that was terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't great. And I, I didn't I, love zero year, but I did like in game, and I I didn't mind the Commissioner Gordon stuff even, where I liked his Batman stuff, and I didn't really think he lost it until All Star Batman for me, which was yeah. like not great. No, it wasn't great. I agree. But um, now Richard, we're gonna do a weekly thing just before shopping with the gang about these comic sales. So have you pulled up that page again, the Comic Cron page? Have you heard of this, Adam? Yeah, yeah. I was surprised you hadn't heard of it, actually. <laughs> well, I never hear about anything, man. Like, you, you know, unless it's, <laughs> unless it's brought to my attention, which is what I constantly say to you guys. Bring this shit to my attention at any time, <laughs> night or day. You know, like, I can't be expected to fucking... I'm not the fucking Riddler in Batman Forever with all the information in my brain. Wish I was. Rich and I are getting uh, some uh, slaps on our knuckles, it sounds like. <laughs> Rich is used. That's right. He's he's feeble, swings being such an old man out of the loop. I just pretend it hurts. Yeah, I, I relied Rich to get to the bottom of these stories. Like, but 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 regardless, I, I'm now struggling with the page. Rich, last week we got to this really awesome power. Oh, here it is, monthly sales. Okay, where where it had everything all listed. So I want to see. Where, Richard, where can I find the fucking thing which has all the sales numbers? Like I found last week, remember? There was... I, I found this... Here it is. I found it. Okay, you got to... You, I've got to... Uh, note to the people who run this page, they could make it a bit more easy to access. So unfortunately, they haven't updated the page since last week. They're still reporting July numbers. Richard, have you got any more uh, numbers? They don't like, probably get numbers but once a month, right? Yeah, yeah. It takes them a while to get uh, it. I mean, they've got to correlate it all... This is ruining my segment. This is ruining my segment. This segment was supposed to be weekly. <laughs> and this segment was supposed to be weekly, and I wanted to do a week by week breakdown. And it, I'm not happy. I, I, no, I want to say they, something they, real they quick. They generally about... only do month by month, Dave. Okay, well, yeah, we'll... I want to say something about last week's segment where, <laughs> you know, I agree with you guys that books are overpriced, but I was talking to Dave about the Venom thing, and he was talking about this Venom issue, $35, $10. Yeah. And I agree that's a lot of money. But I think you guys were missing the fact that this was like a a hundred page issue where that's not the normal comic book price. Okay, where... that's a decent point. That's a decent point. It is it is too much. They'll hear me out. A normal book is uh, like five bucks now for yeah. twenty two pages, yeah, as opposed to this was like you know sixty or seventy pages without ads. So you were actually getting so more like for your money. That. You were getting more for your yeah. money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where that like sure it's a lot. And they do it too often, and a lot of times the extra pages are filled with shit, like the you know the Aquaman 80th anniversary or whatever had a lot of shitty stories. But um, you know, I think the real thing is that five dollars for twenty pages is kind of a ripoff too, because oh, totally great, yeah, yeah, I don't know, it was more of a ripoff really. You're getting less story for more money. And can I ask a question? So, if you bought that Venom for ten bucks, like. You know where part of my problem is too? I just have a real problem with the sort of like, is it in the old style of a comic? Like, is it in a single star with like the staples and all that shit? Like, or is it in a... Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't like that. I like it to be either in at least a trade paperback format or preferably like a You like the the prestige format where it's got the spine, I guess. Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of people are into the monthly comics still, you know? Like, that's... yeah. Where the speculation is, I guess. You know, there's sure. not a lot of speculation on trade paperbacks. Sure. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, yeah, but anyway, so this fucking um, 
you know, session has just ground to a halt because Comic Cron can't get their shit in order. Like, let's be honest. And Rich, could you maybe write something to the man? Like, because I'm a bit busy at this end. But maybe sure, put, sure. put an email together or something and just say, look, Dave and Signal of Doom, we're willing to promote you guys, but we need you to get on this at least fortnightly. You know, I'll, like, I'll get right on it. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, I'm sure they'll shoot up the, you know, shoot it right up to AT&T and Disney <laughs> Corporate, make sure they get their numbers out to them. So they should too. And now, <laughs> I, I, I'm sensing a lot of sarcasm in the force, but I'm choosing to ignore it. No, um, no, no. Shopping with the gang. Now, funnily enough, actually, I, I thought this... The last two weeks have been very, very, very poor in terms of collected stuff and all that kind of stuff. Stuff stuff that I look forward to. But they did have one thing that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Superman and Lois Lane, the 25th wedding anniversary deluxe hardcover. Wow, it's been 25 years. I bought this in singles. I bought this at the time. I was buying Superman at the time. All the titles... And for for about a year, and which included this um, this this you know I guess you could call it an event, um, because it was that the Superman wedding album I think right? Yes, and I bought that at the time. Um, what about you guys? Is this something that you would consider buying, Rich? Fuck no. <laughs> Sorry, I went out of turn, but that's hilarious. I read that issue as a kid, yeah, and I always thought uh, it was pretty dull. It was actually very boring, and. I remember regretting buying it and and reading it and going, oh, this they just played this real straight down the line, like it wasn't crazy at all. Like Richard, if you there read... was that cool oh, scene ro- where Batman romance like... is dead. <laughs> there was that cool scene where Batman says, you know, we got the city or whatever, and then you look yeah. up and you see all the heroes flying over. I always yeah, thought that was cool. That but... was cool. That was, cool. but it was about the only cool thing in the whole thing. Richard, you're gonna be buying this I, hardcover. I think they made a wedding in a comic book, which meant as exciting as they could make it. Well, look, I don't think look, you, you, you got Superman like your greatest hero, like the, literally the, one of the first heroes, superheroes, sure. yeah. getting married. You don't really want it to be a fucking supervillain spectacle. I do. Should, no, but I don't think you do, though. Like, that's the thing, because no, you can only do it so once. Classy. He's so classic. Yeah, I get you. I think, I think they wanted to give them a classic wedding, like a proper wedding, like not a you, spectacle, like over-the-top silliness. You have a good point. Um, like, with the Legion, I enjoy when they just kind of sit around the headquarters and chat and stuff. We do um, like so that, So I think this we? would probably be yeah. like that. I just wasn't as much into that Superman at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, again, I'm not saying anyone is, like, necessarily wrong for not liking it, but I'm just saying I understand why they did it the way they did because this is supposed to be a proper special... Like wedding, I, I'm probably going to buy it. Frankly, so are any of you going to put your cash on the table? Okay, Adam, we got the news. No, yeah, we. I was going to say we we get the. What about you, Rich? Are you going to put any cash down for this? Uh probably. I mean, I've I've got it in the singles, so I probably won't. I don't. I don't feel the need to own this in a yeah. in, in a collection. Um, I'll, I'll rather. I mean, if they would like to, maybe include it in the um in in a cool uh death of death and return of Superman collection. But it's, uh, it's, it's a long time. Part, though, it's right? a long time after that. No, but just no, no, no. But just add it in at the end mm, because like don't forget they was like they were supposed to get married. Yeah, they were yeah. engaged, mm. and then he died. So if you just did a collection and then after he comes back, you just add in the the wedding thing as a a cool little backup mm. in the book. I would buy that, but not by itself. No. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll see what happens. Maybe. 
Maybe it's on sale one day and I do. Yeah. By the way, I've got two omnibuses of Batman Brave and the Bold headed my way. They're, they're literally winging their way toward me right now. I should have them in my hands very shortly. So Zany Bob Haney and his Batman Brave and the Bold series will shortly be mine. Uh, volume 3 is going to be coming out soon. I'm right on top of the situation. I mean, if you've been noticing, I've really, really gotten involved. I was petitioning DC the other night for Superman Bronze Age Omnibus. I'm emboldened by my success of Justice League. I, I, who, who do yeah. you contact about that? I don't I, even know I, who is in charge of DC. Basically, I go straight. I go often to their tweeting. Um, I, I go to their Twitter. Oh, feed. you just tweet at DC? Yeah. Straight at DC, yeah. I go yeah, straight to the pretty, top. Pretty, there's no one in charge of DC. Yeah, well, but the thing is, Adam, Javins, maybe? Adam saw the impact I had with my constant whining about the Justice League Bronze Age Omnibus 3. And... No, I have to actually mention this, because <laughs> when that book got del- it got delayed, not cancelled, <laughs> Dave acts like it got cancelled, and that he saved it. I, I think I did. I, 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 I want you guys to know, I 100% think I did. And I, in fact, had Jerry Conway himself tweeting me in agreeance on the topic. Yeah. And... Um, Two, two old men yelling at clouds. Yeah. Hey, we're going to delay these books because we scheduled too many close together. And Dave's like, you're canceling it? <laughs> Dave, don't, Dave, don't worry, my Emperor God King. I believe you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm looking here at, while we've been talking at the Superman and Lois Lane 25th Wedding Anniversary Deluxe Edition. So 65 bucks in Australia. Uh, how many pages is that bad boy going to be? Because... Yeah, 208 pages. That 208 pages hardcover and you charge me that much? Are you kidding? Like How much is it, Australia? 64. Jesus. Yeah, that's I mean, it. I guess it, it, well, would that be American, like 30, 40 bucks? Yeah, it right seems, about there. Seems, seems a lot of money to be charging for this. And, and, I, don't, and I frankly don't think the material supports it. I bought it at the time. Um, and yeah, I just... I also had the memory that he was depowered during that but maybe he got his powers back just before it actually i thought he did that's how they were able to you know get it on apparently. yeah no i think you're right because the well the, the front cover is him flying with it so i think he just got his powers back I, I remember around the same time they also did superman blue um man red man blue yeah right around the same right around the same time i can't remember what order but it was it was right around the same era um, that was the, that See, was sort of that would have been yeah right around because I think the Justice League book JLA was like ninety six or ninety seven yeah, and he yeah, was yep, blue yep. in the beginning he was blue in the very start um, and I remember like five I was, issues in I was really jazzed up by it as well I remember going around to my friends' houses and like telling them all about it and like this is how it's going to be from now on get used to it I love that design that yeah I thought, it was, I thought it was cool man yeah and it was hilarious because at the time it made the news like. Uh, that Superman's powers had changed and his look had changed, and I was, I was I was all in. And then it was like, you know, two months later, he was like back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> Dave was just getting too excited for words. Some days I think this old machine is out to get me. Some days she does what I tell her. It's like dancing with a Widowmaker 40 hours a week I'm talking about a big old D10 Caterpillar I don't know why I like to drive them like I do 
It ain't nothing but 175,000 pounds of steel Could be the money, baby Could be the power Could be I love the way it feels Could be I love the way it feels But you know she's mighty unforgiven And you gotta pay attention Cause a D-10 could be the death of you But I get her all fired up And I can feel it in my soul And it's hard to tell just who's driving who I could move Alaska all the way to Beirut I could bulldoze the beeline from here to Beirut I could push the Rocky Mountains into the sea oh, Heavy metal don't mean rock and roll Modern-day mule skinner driving 10,000 mules So I say a little prayer every day Lord, just let me get her turned around Without falling off this mountain You know the boss man don't like us Treating his D-10 that way I don't know why I like to drive them like I do It ain't nothing but 175,000 pounds of steel Could be the money, babe could be the power, could be I love the way it feels, could be I love the way it feels, could be I love the way it feels, could be I love Weekly Comics is actually Flashbacks Friday this week because I just said to myself, let's just relax. We've got Adam on. We're doing Secret Origin. Why don't we just relax and enjoy some classic Superman, which, you know, tailored into my Bronze Age obsession at the moment. So, <laughs> you know, um, Dave kind of took the controls. Now, the first one up was the backup story, the Tomar Ray story, which I selected, Rich, because I thought you'd be interested, um, where he's the Green Lantern of Krypton. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the Krypton falls in his sector, yeah. Yes, exactly. And the greatest Green Lantern of all um, was for... They sort of prophesized it was going to be Kal-El, but then, obviously, Krypton blows up, Kal-El goes to Earth and becomes Superman. Um, now, I'm going to bring this issue up to discuss it as we're talking, but I'll go to you, Adam, first. What did you think of this one? I, I thought it was okay. Um wasn't as keen on it as you were. I'd probably give it like a six and a half. Um, six and there just half? wasn't really a lot to it also, you know. I mean, I gave it 10 out of 10. I, I thought it was fantastic. And, I, and I, I, could, I could see an episode based on this. You know, I thought like, I've always been one of those guys. I'm always like, yeah, but why didn't Krypton have a Green Lantern? Where was their Green Lantern? And then you're like, Tomo Ray. I, I know the designer Tomo Ray. That comes in across the radar. And then you combine the two things together, and and I'm I'm inspired by that Morrison Just League story where Superman was um, the imaginary story where he was like a Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle here. Now, Rich, obviously the Green Lantern aficionado, what did you think of this one? Pretty terrible. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! That's coming in hot. 
That's coming real hot. I'm not. Um, here's the thing. Um, Green Lanterns and especially the Guardians are beings of science, not magic, not prophecy. Right. Not that sort of, So when they're like, oh, we, you know, we predict that he will be become. No, you're not predictors. You're scientists. You don't believe in prophecies and stuff and all that. So it seemed a bit too. Um, it was too magic-y based and like like there was some sort of prophets. And the Green Lanterns are chosen on. Oh like, man, you know, no, no fun, uh, dude. Come on, like they they, no. they can have like modeling and stuff, you know, like no, no. Sorry. But I guess in fairness, doesn't Jeff, the Jeff John stuff get into a lot of like prophecy, or is that based in something else? Well, so that's the book, and it's not. Mm, so it's not so much prophecies there as things that they've written down that other people have prophesized. Oh, okay. I got you. Right? So, like, it's more like the, um, uh, fuck, what's that idiot Red Lantern guy? Atrocitus and all that sort of stuff. Their people predicted something. Oh, right. Prophesied something. And that was written in the Book of Oa. But that wasn't prophesied by the the Guardians. In fact, the Guardians didn't believe it. They, 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 that's all superstitious nonsense and all that sort of crap, you know. So, and that's why they got caught with their pants down as per usual and all this sort of stuff. So, again, I'm not saying that prophecies and all that aren't real. I'm just saying I don't – a beans based purely on science uh. would not believe in prophecies. All right. So, you didn't like it. So, what are you giving us? <laughs> but like... also, I don't like it because at the end of the day, he doesn't need to be involved in the story. A space actor is fucking massive. Yeah. Right. He could be dealing with something completely different when that planet blows up. You don't have to tie him into. Oh, he was trying to collect minerals, special stuff in the core of another planet to take it there to prolong it. No, mate. Guess what? It happened while it was he was fun. fighting space pirates. I thought it was fun. And can I also say, I, I I've said this before on the show. It may have been before your time. I actually thought doing a Green Lantern movie and putting a bit of Superman, you know, intergalactic stuff in there is a good idea. No. I, I, I don't. I don't see why you say no, though, because I think it's a good way to have a bit of Superman in space, which they never do in the movies, and you you can have the Green Lantern stuff, but then it's got the Easter egg of Superman. You know, again, I, I I, we've had this discussion. I don't need my movies to overlap. Okay, but I just think I it adds. Find some... it funny that Dave really thought he struck gold here. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I loved it, and I thought Richard was going to love it as well because it had the Green Lantern thing going on, but. As usual, Richard's just no fun, <laughs> and like <laughs> no. Well, again, I'm sorry, but again, it make, once again, it's a writer that makes Green Lanterns look like buffoons. Well, I mean, you might be excited to know that I actually am in talks to get Elliot Maggot on the show, so you'll be keeping those comments to yourself if that's the case. <laughs> um, yeah. So look, I'm loving it. I'm I'm reading a lot of Bronze Age Superman at the moment, and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm reveling in it. But Rich, would you? Would it be fair to say, Rich? And correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're wrong. No, you can't correct me before I say it. <laughs> I feel with Superman, you prefer the John Byrne era to the classic era. You know, you you like the post-crisis. Uh, if you're talking about overall, yes. But I mean, there are some some. Uh good and enjoyable older stuff. It's just that, as I said, the biggest issue is that I guess when I was reading comics, the, the uh, continuity was more of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, especially when you're reading, say, like when they, again, after the uh, the crisis, when they sort of, you know, relaunched Superman and all this sort of stuff, like there was a massive plan. Mm. Continuity mattered. Yeah. So yeah. 
uh, for me, I enjoy this stuff, but there isn't much continuity between the stuff. Like, oh, no. as I said, it's just very episodic. Some are good, some are bad, some are great. All I know is I'm loving it. Um, so, score you. you but your I score? will, I will say this: I'm a big, big fan of uh, Kurt Swan's uh, yeah, art of Superman. Well, I think he's uh, next to. I put him like there's certain artists who just you associate the look of Superman thanks to them. Mm. And John Byrne is one of, of for the modern, and Kurt Swan is like, I, I think he drew the best Superman. Okay, Kurt Swan is what I think of when I think of Superman in comics. Uh, it's actually it's Kurt Swan's representation that's visually in my mind. You know? Yes. Well, um, I think he. It's like he took the uh, the um, he took the original Superman because his look is 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 a more polished. Uh, modern version of the original Superman. Yeah, it's the it's very similar face and hair uh, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I I enjoy reading the old stuff just for the Kurt Swan art alone. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. So out of ten, Rich, where were you on Tomo Ray's Side Story? Four and a half. Jesus, I gave it ten. I, I want that noted for the record. I I never give tens on weekly comics. It's my first weekly comic. Shocking show. that this would be the one though. Well, I enjoyed it. I, I'm, 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 I'm digging the whole thing at the moment, man. I'm, I'm deep into it. I, it scares me yeah. to think what you would think is in my rankings. You really drink that Bronze Age Kool Aid. I'm, I'm loving that Bronze Age Kool Aid. Uh, and he's, he's, he's drowning in it. Yeah. <laughs> then we had uh, again from the Bronze Age, um, and you're lucky I didn't pick all of them for the Bronze Age because I almost did. Um, Superman two eighty seven. Now this one I had to do, the, and I've said this on Legion Outpost. I've said, show me the episode or the issue where Crypto turns back up. And this is it. Superman 287, I found it. Um, uh, I believe it's by Elliot S. Maggot again. I love the twist with the other dog being scared at the end. And we get the reason that Crypto went AWOL. He's not dead. He just went AWOL after he kind of got, like, um, amnesia. And, Yeah. yeah, wow. I mean, this See, one... I didn't realize that he had gone AWOL. I thought that he was like a consistent thing through, you know, the Bronze Age, but it was cool to see this one. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the dawning of the Bronze Age. The Bronze Age started in 1970, and this is like in about 72, I believe. Uh, 72, maybe 73. Now, um, I mean, I loved it. It, it. You know, Adam, you know my thoughts about um, about Crypto, and, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's number one for me. Um, where were you on this? Uh, I'll give it like a seven. I liked it pretty well. Uh, you know, the ending I thought was kind of weird where it's like kind of a really kind of sad ending, you know, and, you know, like he'll never find love because he'll never find a dog like him. Oh, it's um, not that sad. Settle down. Kind of. You thought Crypto was going to get laid and then he doesn't. Yeah, he didn't but because of that one dog was a bit scared, but Crypto was happy, you know. Um, was he? He was pretty happy with, with things. You know, he, he rolled out. He's got the cape back. He's got his memory back. Superman was super glad to see him, which I was happy to see. Like, I mean, and by the way, Superman, had you not been looking for him? You know, like it was like, it was just like, it was like Superman just completely forgot about crypto. Oh, I mean, he completely forgot about Mon-El for a thousand years. So. He did too, yeah. No, he did. I gave it nine but out was of it, ten. Was the thing here that she was dating Superman, but not Clark Kent? Correct. Okay, I thought so. Well, that's that's pretty common. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to make sure I was understanding that right. It is kind of weird if you think about it, but yeah, kind of creepy. It's it's gold. Like, did you ever? I think it. 
I think it's uh, Mark Wade's Irredeemable, or maybe it's Astro City or something, where the Superman character goes crazy yes. after he reveals yes. that he's Superman, and she's like, you fucking creep? Like, Yeah, 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 I do remember that. That yeah. that's actually hilarious because the character he was like the the Clark Kent standard was really pathetic, and then mm-hmm. when when he exposes himself to her, yeah, she fully loses it at him, and um, yeah, no, I I, I loved that uh, when I read that. I thought that was awesome. Um, I'm giving this nine out of ten. Another high score from me, Adam. Did you say eight or did you say eight seven? Or seven? Oh. Let's go to Rich. Rich, where were you? Uh, yeah, seven point five. Again, okay. fantastic art. Um, very, very short story. Um, yeah. Uh, it is weird that the apparently in this world humans have less prejudice than dogs, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Well, the dog was just scared by by but what I'm he could just, do. But I'm just saying, like, it, clearly. Okay, before he, she, the because like, dogs are simple creatures. I don't think if a dog saw another dog flying, they would really give much of a fuck. Like, you know, because they go of smell and all that. But it's just so weird to me that humans would be like, "Oh, Superman's an alien. What a great guy. He's just like us." But the dog goes like, "Oh fuck, get away from me! You flew." It's like, I don't know. Well, they can just, get scared by things. I felt it weird. Uh, look, dogs can get scared by stuff. You know, like. Our dog Cooper, like the weirdest stuff, will sometimes scare him. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they get scared get... of things they don't know, though. Yes. Well, they don't. They know already. About dogs. They already went jollying about and running around and like I, I don't know. I, I just right. thought it was a bit weird that uh, in this okay, like... more fast than somehow that yeah. forced his cape to go flying yeah. off. I know he lost the cape. <laughs> he lost the like, cape. But and... the picture, the picture looks so weird because the cape just goes like straight shwa off when the mind beam hits him. Yeah, I know. Poor but it's good. Again, I, I'll tell you what, the art in this is just fantastic. I was glad to see, though. Like, if I'd been a Superman reader back in the early 70s, I, I'd be glad that Crypto was back on the board, meaning that he could... In, in, in fact, I wouldn't mind, actually, a fucking Superman uh, book with this kind of art today. Oh, I'd love it. Are you kidding? All right, Rich, Superman 300. This was an exciting storyline. This is what if Superman crash-landed in the early 70s, and then... Um... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. And then it, it's and then it's two thousand and one basically. So it's it's sort of like instead of him crash landing in nineteen thirty nine or whatever, or thirty eight, whatever it was, um, he crash lands in in the early seventies, and then in in two thousand and one, he goes from being like what was he called, Flyboy or something, Skyboy, Skyboy, yeah. And it's all about like the the arms race, and you've got the Russians versus the Americans, but you've got like a third entity, and you're not quite sure if it's China or who who it is. Like it's not really named, um, you know. But they're trying to cause havoc, and I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, you know. Uh, look, I mean, yes and no. Uh, okay, once again, art fantastic. Mm. Kurt Swan just fucking nails it every time. Yeah, I don't mind stories like this, right? I, I really don't mind if you say, "Oh, what would have happened if he arrived in this time and obviously mm. wasn't found by the Kents and all that." Mm. Ah, cool, that's cool. I don't mind these sort of like what if stories, right? Mm. What annoys me, or, or what I just can't, the pill I can't swallow is when he's found by a guy whose last name is Clark. Mm. And then he's raised by oh, a general yeah. whose last name is Kent. Sure, yeah. And they go and they make the exact same costume from his materials that yeah. Ma Kent did. Yeah. In the store, you know what I mean. And then he decides, oh, 
at the end of, you know, I'm going to choose a name and I'm going to name myself after the guy who found me and the guy who kind of raised me. I'll be close. And I'm like, ah. you see, that stuff bothers me. Sure. Because that you like that goes well beyond fucking suspension of disbelief. Oh, yeah. that's It's fan service almost, you know? You know, I mean, look, I even appreciated that they called him Skyboy. Yeah. You know, he only kind of started calling himself Superman right at the end. Sure. Yeah, and that's more when he was saying you don't need a Superman to solve your problems. He wasn't like he was just more talking about I'll tell about you an Superman. image that I really like. It's when he's facing off against this um, more mocha character with the uh, with the arms. I thought the yeah. artwork was really good. There. No, yeah, again, this is... Again, the art in this is stellar. In fact, the art in this is better than a lot of art today. Oh, yeah, like, easy hands down. So, I mean, again... Just, just looking at it is is fucking great. Mm. Yeah, but I did, and again, I I like the idea of the story. What if it was found by the military and all that? I just don't like those those um, coincidences of like he sure. somehow gets exactly the same name and exactly the same yeah. costume. And also, he doesn't need to. You know, you you. you... The costume, I don't care, but the name, it was. there was no need to be so clunky with the name, you know? Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, as I said, it's, it's, it's a good story. It's an interesting story. I just don't like the the easy conveniences of getting the same name and the same costume and sure. and all that sort of stuff. But other than that, I'll give this one, yeah, 7.5. Yeah, I'll give this one an 8.5. I, I, I did enjoy it. I... I um I know Connor was um pretty high on it. He um he, you know he's a big guy for that. But but I must say, like before we move on to our next thing, like reading this Bronze Age stuff, like the 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 Batman and the Superman and stuff, they they had so much fun back in the day, Rich. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Like and, and they were freewheeling it a bit more, and I don't know, there were sort of more flights of fancy and stuff. Like I don't know, I just think that there was a, there's a lot to like, um, and I really hope that that. DC do start putting out the Bronze Age Superman omnibus. Someone made a good point the other day online. I don't know why they don't put out one of them and one of the Golden Age and, you know, spread it out a bit more. You don't have to do the... You know, otherwise we're waiting another decade for them to get through the Silver Age. Uh, I guess, but I mean, I suppose, you know, they can't put out everything too fast, otherwise they've got nothing to put out after that. Yeah, they've got it. Yeah, (laughs) good point, good point, good point. And collectors like me... Who've been collecting now for you know twenty five years? We, yeah, we well, they want they want you chomping at the bit for the next one. Yeah, and they yeah, that's a good point, I guess. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to get that Superman wedding anniversary hardcover. I, I the material. I'll, I'll wait for it to go on sale. Yeah, if I can get it for like thirty bucks, I'll get it. Yeah, the material just wasn't that strong. Having read it at the time, if you know what I mean. Like yeah, it, it wasn't. But again, it's a, it's you're buying it more for the the moment. Yes. Yeah, like what it, what it represents, I guess. The landmark moment of it all. Um, all right, shall we go on to uh, our trade of the week? Um, We've got to wait for Adam. Oh, I was going to say, we should wait for Adam. Oh, we haven't done the Batman Superman end. All right, we'll do that. Hold on. One, two, three. Right, Rich. So then we had the Batman Superman Annual 2, again by Joe Kelly. I want to say first up, not a huge fan of the artwork. Did enjoy the storyline, but... Didn't enjoy it as much as his previous annual, which was the other Joe Kelly annual we did, I think, last week. The other Batman Superman annual. Um, I enjoyed this, like Superman losing his powers and stuff. But for me, I felt the artwork was a little subpar. Am I? Am I? Am I wrong? No, I, I mean I don't know. Art is subjective a little bit um, because there's nothing wrong with the art in terms of proportions and perspective and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, it is a 
that sort of art style, I would say, is, yes, probably an acquired taste because it is a bit more, it's a lot more cartoony, mm. a lot more stylized. So you have to, you've got to enjoy that style. So, yeah, I can see why some people might not like that style. Yeah, I just, I mean, look, I didn't hate it, but I, I just felt it was, yeah, it is quite cartoony. I'm looking at it now. The storyline I enjoyed, though, which was a storyline of Superman losing his powers, basically. Um, and... uh, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I've seen that story so many times I don't care anymore. Really? Yeah. But Batman kind of building him up and training him and stuff like that was kind of interesting. I guess. <laughs> you didn't love it, Rich? No, I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of that. I, I, as I said, the whole Superman losing his powers and learning that he's a hero like that's just done. Been, that's been done so many times in 85 years mm. that like just doing it again just feels like, feels like I'm on a fucking merry-go-round mm. and I just keep coming to that same story. And um, and also, you know what? Fuck off. I don't. Mm. I don't think Batman should be the one. To, like I don't think Superman would do that anyway. Sort of be so sort of weak. Yeah, they just completely give up, go back to the farm, but that's it. I'm not Superman anymore. He's a fucking reporter. Mm. He can still do good. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't see Superman as the guy to go, oh, I've lost my powers. Guess I better go have back to mom and dad and just fucking, you know, yeah. hide away on the farm. I just don't see Clark Kent doing that. No. Well, that did go against a bit of type. I believe this may have been an Elseworld story, though, as well. So maybe that was part of it as well, you know? Is it? I don't know. I, well, I, I believe that there was some conjecture online that I read that uh, apparently there was some um, there was some there was some sort of uh, Elseworlds element to it. I, mean, I didn't get that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, just one of those things. That, like you've you've got. I mean, a... it felt like it was early in their career. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I, when I read it, I read it as like it was like early on because. Um... I... Oh, Adam, how are you? Sorry, I was going to say, I was Googling this. It says it's a reimagining of World's Finest 178. So Okay, right. Um, what did you Maybe think Maybe that's it? why it feels off, because it's like very much based in the Silver Age. Wow. World's, World's Finest 178, okay. I mean, gee. Yeah, I mean, I love that World's Finest stuff. Well, the, the, last, the, the last annual did a far better job of doing a retelling of a... Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Classic. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a very good one. I, I preferred the previous annual. I also struggle with the art here. Adam, what did you think of the artwork on this one? Uh, that Scott Collins. I actually didn't read it. I forgot because I oh, thought right. it was all Bronze Age. I missed it. But oh, okay. I like Scott Collins generally. Um, he's on The Flash. We're going to get to him. Mm -hmm. But I think here and later, his stuff, he kind of tries to change things up, and it doesn't really work as well for me. Well, some of the faces just look crazy. Like, I'm looking at a face here where where um, you've got Superman, like, sitting on the couch, and the face just looks bizarre. You know, it looks like he's wearing a mask where his actual face is. I don't know. Just... Well, that's why I said it's a style. Yeah. Like, no one can tell you wrong for not liking a style. Yeah, yeah. But as I said to you, art-wise, it's, it's fine. It's the proportions, the, you know, uh, perspective, all that sort of stuff is yeah. is correct, but it's a style, and not, not every style is for every person. Yeah, you're in for a rough ride when we get to The Flash then, because Scott yeah. Collins does quite a bit of Flash. Right. Yeah, that's on the Jeff Johns run, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But the color is a little different on the, the Flash stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big more... fan of the colorization of this one that I'm looking at on my iPad. 
Um, yeah. I've got a few problems with this art wise. Uh, like not just uh, it's not just the sort of like the pencils or whatever you want to call them, but like the colorization for me is not great. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Now, uh, Adam, we we skipped uh, ahead a little bit. Did you you read Superman three hundred? I did. I did. Uh, did I miss that? Sorry, I thought you were doing Sorry. it in the give other us, order. Give us your score. Yes. Uh, well, real quick, back on Superman, Batman. I was going to say, for me, I think the Jeff Loeb stuff is the only stuff I really loved out of that run. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, and then after that, they just kind of jumped around. But uh, Superman three hundred, I didn't really like. At first, I thought it was pretty decent. Hmm. Um, it almost seemed like they were doing uh, like the Squadron Supreme Hyperion. Uh, at least in the JMS run, where he's like run by the government and grew up uh-huh. being raised by the government. Uh, but I didn't really like where it went. I didn't think it was that interesting with him retiring and then coming back for that one scheme. I think they could have done something more interesting. Maybe have they could have shown what it would have been like if um, Lex Luthor was left to his devices for sure. 20, 30 years without Superman. But yeah, I'd give that one like a six and a half. Wow. Jeepers creepers. I mean, like, you know, all I can say, guys, is, you know, you're looking with dark glasses at one of the most classic periods, and you're handing out 6 and 6.5, so stuff where I'm going 8.5, 8, 9. No, 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 I said 7.5 for this. You say 7.5. But um, I don't know. I may, maybe I'm just lost in my Bronze Age, you know. As I said, like, Adam, I didn't mind the, the idea. I just hate those trappings that they do where... He ends up with exactly the same name and the same costume. I didn't like that either. Oh yeah, yeah. that is kind of silly, but I, I didn't like the, the the costume. I'm okay with because it's Superman, but the the naming thing, I did roll my eyes at that myself actually. See, I guess for me, I guess it's like part of that silly charm that I don't mind it as much, but I can see why it would be off putting. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, so what did you give it, Adam? Six point five. Yeah. Okay, so then we come to our final thing, which is Trade of the Week. And this was Superman Secret Origin, um, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Uh, I had purposely put off reading this for the show. I bought the hardcover a while ago. Um, and and you had even read the entire Johns run for the most part, I had. too, I, right? I've pretty much read all of it. Um, I think outside of one annual. I purposely left this for the show, though. And I, if you recall, I really enjoyed the Superman run. And my only uh, caveat would be, why is it so short? You know? I just don't feel well, like... You know? He gets into that whole um, new Krypton stuff. He starts cool. that, and then he has to leave to do other things. Yeah, um, okay. Otherwise, it would be longer, but Jeff, uh, James Robinson and Greg Rucka take the reins on that. Which I'm looking forward to as well. But um, this Secret Origin, um, I want to say up front, I'm going to hand it over to you, Adam, in a second, but I do want to say thoroughly enjoyable... Read it over two nights. Great artwork. I a couple of times I I I question, and this might sound sacrilegious, and and apologies to his family. I question the need to make it look exactly like Christopher Reeve, but I understand that was the choice they made and they committed to it. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was a really nice retelling, touching a lot of beats. You had the Parasite, you had the Legion, obviously Lex, Metallo. Um, I mean, I I dug it. I for for what it was, um, really a lot. I, I I genuinely enjoyed it. When I got to the end of it, I wanted to keep reading. I think it was a really successful 
uh, comic. It, this didn't come out in one collection. It was individual issues, Adam, am I right? Um, right. Yeah. And But it read beautifully. Like It read like a little book. I, but I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I would gladly give this to like a young nephew or something or niece who was interested. Like I think it's a great advertisement for Superman, frankly. Um, yeah, very high, very highly regarded from me, and I did expect a lot too, having read so much Jeff Johns and having read his Superman and liking it. You, you come with high expectations, sometimes you get disappointed. I, my expectations were met. Um, Adam, where were you on this? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, you know, I think the thing that you and I at least have in common is that we, you have a lot of affinity for the like classic Silver Age, Mom, Mon, Pa, Kent, 100%. Smallville, yeah. crypto stuff, and that's just not necessarily that I have that much affinity for it, but that's what I'm more familiar with just from those early Legion issues. Mm. Um, and I liked that this one brought the Legion back into Superman's history because before yeah. this, he they weren't a part of him anymore. After Crisis, uh, yeah. Yeah, after Crisis. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the complaints from this book come from that it kind of superseding the uh, birthright. Right, which I also but, enjoyed. Uh, which that? I, I enjoyed Birthright a lot, actually, as well. I've read that. I own that. Yeah, I like Birthright a lot, too. And, you know, I almost think people maybe would like this story better if it wasn't supposed to be, like, the new origin of Superman and was just a uh, a origin for Superman, you know? Mm. Like, I think the problem was them trying to establish this as the canon origin where it's not as modern as Birthright. And, you know, I think maybe Birthright is uh, better for a more modern Superman, possibly. Hmm. But I like this for John's run. Um, but yeah, I like that it kind of establishes uh, Zod and Brainiac and uh, Doomsday from Krypton. We get to see a little bit of Parasite and Metallo, who are some. Well, where of my is Doomsday? Shows. Where is Doomsday in it? He's just in um, a, a blink and you miss it panel. Oh, I, I missed it. Well, yeah, there's. I don't know, blink and you. I guess maybe, but there's the thing where uh, Martha Kent is checking out the spaceship and they warn. Uh, they're trying to warn Clark of the threats of Krypton, yes. and you see Brainiac, Zod, and Doomsday. Okay, I'm flicking to I'm flicking to it. Is it when First, she ca- when she comes in and she gets the idea for the costume or whatever? Yes, I'm looking when at she it. sees their. I see, oh yeah, I see Brainiac. Yeah, with the the cool Brainiac with the tentacles. Then you see that. Yeah, I see Doomsday. I I missed it at the time. Right. So I what I liked about John's run is kind of weaving those things into the history of Krypton. Like in his main run, we see uh, when Brainiac's attacking Krypton and Zod defending Krypton against Brainiac and mm. stuff. So I thought it was cool to see that kind of here too. 100%. But anyway, yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm going to give it like a, probably give it a eight and a half. Mm. I'm going to hold my hand to the end. Um, and and I'm, I want to get Rich's opinion. Give us, give us your overall rich and then dive into any specifics you want. Um, I, I, again, I really like this, and I think we were having this conversation, is that I, I actually prefer this over Birthright, just because I feel this is a bit more of a, a classical or classic Superman origin, mm-hmm. where sure. it, it uses, like, it, it makes almost like everything canon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it makes Superboy canon, it makes Legion canon, it makes, like, everything, Smallville, Ma, Park canon, it just makes it all... Even did he well, have the like tunnel? Cannon. Did he have the tunnel? Did we see the tunnel? They actually do show. Well, they show him lifting a rock and there's yeah. a hole. And I love comes, that. So yeah. So I look, like I don't that. think he has the secret little um, laboratory, <laughs> but he's got like some sort of 
secret underground tunnel to get him back into the house or something. Can I just say, why would you ever go away from that kind of stuff? I, I like, like the way nostalgia works. Like, look at Stranger Things and all that kind of stuff. Like, why would you ever leave that? You know, the idea of Superboy with a tunnel with a super dog, all that stuff. Like, it's just gold. And well, they actually, that you, you, this even has crypto in it, even though like it's. It's it's the ending of a chapter. It's when the rocket, yes, yes, falls, and then you hear this like arf. I like, love it. I barking. loved it. So, you know, which was a really great scene. Yeah, look, I, that's look. This is one of the reasons why I am a fan of John's. Is it because John's appreciates the past? Yeah, he's not one of these people who are like burn the past, fuck, you know, destroy it. We gotta we gotta start from scratch or create, you know, gotta create our own thing. I think he has a. And some people hold it against him, obviously, we've seen, but he has a reverence for the past. And mm. because it's the past of what made these characters popular in the first place. Yeah. I mean, Superman's you know what I mean? the original and guy. So, you know, and, and why not have fun with Superman and, and, you know, have crypto and the Legion and all this sort of stuff? Now, one thing I'll say, and I, it only just hit me when I was reading this, mm. I, I really enjoy Johns' dialogue. Mm. It doesn't, it feels natural. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't. Not there's no like trying to be cool or snide or, yeah, you know, um, clever, witty. You know what I mean? Like everyone just kind of speaks like a normal person. Well, it, it's weird. It's a good point to bring up, and it's something I think that you know, yeah, it's the kind of thing that you if you don't notice it, it's good. You know, like when you're yes. reading Bendis and you have to like think about something to make it make sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's why I said it only hit me now, even though I've read this many times and I've read John's stuff. It just hit me this time reading it. Maybe it's because lately I've been reading so much shit. <laughs> so <laughs> that when I was reading this, I was like, you know what? I just, this feels good to read. Like when these characters talk, it feels right. Yeah. Like it, he's, it got, a, he's like got a gift. He, he's got a gift. Like, and you, by the way, I think one it. of the best scenes in that thing is when they show Clark, you know, where he's from. Because I think you know this is where they get the that line where he goes, "I just want to be your son," and and John says, "You are my son." Yeah, and that's you know, in I the movie. That's good, yeah, yeah. Well, they use it, but the, this is obviously where it's from. But it's just such a, yeah. it's such a good moment. Mm. You know what For I mean? Sure. And and that's what's missing from I think a lot of comics today. So it's just that that goodness. That well, I think you're right, and that's kind of what. I like about it too is it kind of gets those relationships down where we see a really good relationship between Clark and Lois and Clark and his parents and this really gets the idea of you know he's not an alien he's a farm boy that was raised by the Kents I mean he is an alien yeah. but it's not the whole thing isn't him being like well where do I belong and you know what sure. what should I do you know it's like and he knows the right thing to do Exactly, yeah, because again, he's, it's, that's why I said it's, it's really good because, yeah, the character just feels, doesn't feel too Boy Scoutish, you know, like him and he, he rips with his mother a little bit, you know, when she first makes him the thing and he says, take a good look because this is the last time you're going to see me wearing this, this costume, you know, when she makes the Superman outfit, you know, and that's something a kid would say, you know, they get embarrassed about wearing gaudy stuff or whatever. But what I love about the series as well is how much he weaves the, um, uh, the, the Donna stuff in. You know, the helicopter catching Lois and the helicopter and then, you know, coming to the Daily Planet and, yeah. uh, you know, and he, and he nails the Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent. Yeah, well, here's a, what I got a question for you. How do you guys feel about, like, 
him pretending to be super goofy. Like there's a part where he slips uh, on the well, wet floor. Like so, can like, I can I just uh, say what I what I like about it is that it's um, it's played when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So if you notice, it's only when he he needs to make people see him do that. Mm. You know, like even Lois says, "I don't get you, Clark." One minute you're like confident, yeah, and sure of yourself, and then the next minute you're a bumbling idiot. And I think that's the way he. I think, he, and then then he starts going, "Oh, just oh, I knocked. I think good." So I think that's like a. It's it's like a deflector shield. When he takes yeah. her for lunch, for example, and then he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like when he meets Corbin for the first time, and you know, clearly Corbin is harassing Lois, and you know. Clark comes in and does his whole like, oh, pleased to meet you, and blah blah blah, and then they shake hands, and you can see Corbin is trying to squeeze his hand, yeah, like yes. insert Dominus, yeah, and that. Clark is just smiling at him, <laughs> you know. But clearly, his grip is a bit stronger, and Corbin is thrown by that. Mm. And I, again, I just like that. You that know, was it good, just that shows was a good that. Moment, yeah. And that's why I've always said, like, people always, you know, like they say that, you know, oh, Superman is. It's like the weird thing about Superman is that he's neither Clark Kent or Superman. Well, okay, he's not reporter Clark Kent with the glasses, and he's not Superman. He is actually just mm-hmm. that farm There's boy Clark person. Kent. Yeah, he's yeah. he pretends to be two different people, but at, at at his heart, he's just the good-natured farm boy who believes in doing the right thing. It's like Kevin Conroy having three voices for Batman. There's Batman, there's Bruce Wayne, and then there's Bruce Wayne when he's at home. With the Playboy, Batman. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah like the Playboy Bruce Wayne, the real Bruce and, the, and that's the same with Bruce Wayne. Everyone turns around and says, oh, he's uh, Batman's the real Batman. No, it's not. Again, like Superman, there's the pretend Bruce Wayne, the Playboy, you know, billionaire who's a laugh at parties. There's the Batman that he puts on to scare the criminals and all that. And then there's the, then there's the Bruce Wayne you see when no one else is around. Oh, and it's just although, him and can, I, can I say with Bruce as a Batman expert here, um, there is more oh, Bat- there is more <laughs> Batman in Bruce than there is Bruce. He is more Batman. It's the vow. Oh, for sure. The vow. Sure. The vow is almost one hundred percent complete. I, I can I'll be honest with you. I completely disagree because the vow is made before Batman is even a thing, what and the, going off to go get the training is done before Batman is even a thing. The Batman thing comes later. So yeah, but the he be, but it then is, absorbs him. He, he totally commits to it, man, in a massive way. No, no, more, no, more than you, Superman. I does. think you're missing what I'm saying. I'm what I'm saying is that when he is by himself or with Alfred, that Bruce Wayne, the one who's moody and is deep in thought and whatever, that's the real Bruce Wayne. Right. The Batman persona is still a uh, an over exaggeration of his. Yeah, no, I get you. Of his crime stuff. And then, the, obviously, the Playboy billionaire is an over-exaggeration of what he's supposed to be. Sure. But, but that that's person at home that talks to Alfred, that sits on the when Alfred's zipping him up, yeah, yeah, yeah. and him and Alfred, that's the real Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it is that's a, the real a third distinct like, yeah, no, personality. I, I hear you, man. Yeah. That's, that's interesting stuff. Like, um, we, We're going to get into a bit of that with Engelhart, uh next week because he does a bit of stuff with that. A, a lot of talking about the masks. Um. Wow, it's pretty but no, fucking uh, deep. I really enjoy the Secret Origins. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a yep. it's a beautiful love letter it is to the Golden Age, the Silver Age, and the Bronze Age Silver Men. Now I've got something though. I've got a point, and and I loved it. Don't don't get me wrong. I think it's in a lot of ways perfect. What do we think about making him look like Christopher Reeve? Because I actually would have preferred it if he wasn't. It took me out of it more than anything else. 
Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. See, I think it's more subtle here than when he first came on with Superman and the Legion, where mm. that was like very much mm. identical. Yeah. But I think here he's kind of working it out a little bit, and then by the time like he does Doomsday Clock, um, he doesn't really do the the Christopher Reeve as much. Yeah. But I I don't mind it honestly. Well, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, this way he's done a. It's definitely a bit more of a beefier Christopher Reeves like in the yeah. face and all that. But why the reason I like it is because obviously the tie of Donna and Johns. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And I I I, it, I feel like. I would love it if, like, it's almost like he's bridging the gap between the comic book Superman and the movie Superman, like the Donna Superman, and kind of making it one, like taking that and smashing it all together and making it all one. So I, I like it, but again, it's I, I can understand why Didn't, some people might uh, not. Donna, in fact, do something with Jeff Johns on Superman, Adam? There was some book they did. Yeah, together. he did uh, the last, uh, the last son. Right. Which was like when Johns came on the book full time. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, he's essentially part of this this story mm. in a way, you mm. know. Yeah. Now I, I want to say as well to, to point credit like his Jimmy Olsen, his Lana, his Lois Lane, his Perry White. I mean, they're perfect. Look, I'm looking at a picture here where Lois is shouting, "It's not wrong if it's the truth." It's fantastic. Like just the the cross, you know, draftsmanship and craft that i'm just seeing in this page it's 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 pretty much perfect you know um mm-hmm. also, i think he nails every character even what, even lex i've got a question at the end yeah his lex is great yeah his lex is fantastic Sorry, at the end when he gets the globe spinning am i the only one who's worried that it's just gonna fall off or something like it's got all this rust <laughs> i mean i wouldn't think it would fall off but I well guess I to be fair i i think it wasn't spinning more because they couldn't afford to have it running Right, because they were yeah. pretty much going bankrupt. So I don't think it. I don't think it stopped working due to rust or right. anything like that. I think it just they had to turn it off because it was costing too much to run it, uh, to power it. Now I've got a question. Like when they obviously they do the Christopher Reeve, why wouldn't he have done more of a Marlon Brando um, when he did Jor-El? Because I looked at it and I'm like, I don't see Marlon Brando. So can I be honest with you? I think it's because he was also trying to tie it into the John Byrne. Superman. Right. Like, as I said, I just feel like he was combining Different all Supermans into one. I, I tell you what, I, I'm such an idiot. I didn't see that thing coming with the Parasite, because I, I honestly don't know much about Parasite. And when it was that fuck, that guy was so annoying. Yeah, that guy was so annoying. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's so annoying. Like, why what, is What's he... his name, Rudy? Yeah. Rudy Jones. I, yeah, like Rudy. It, I like it when Lex Luthor goes to him, what can I do for you? And he's like, a lot. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, can I just get the college uh, tuition and cash? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He is an actual parasite already. Yeah, totally. He's a human parasite before he becomes a mutant parasite. It's pretty funny. Like, he just, he's constantly worrying about, like, is his lunch going to be included? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, it's pretty good. He's fat and greedy. Is, Is that guy, whatever his name was, Rudy Jones, is that the actual parasite normally in comics? Yeah, I mean, it's the one from the cartoon. I think there has been another... I don't think the original Parasite was Rudy Jones, maybe, but I could be wrong. Mm. Okay, so when you look at Superman animated series, it's that one, though, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and something else I wanted to mention was um, when you're reading the Johns run, I don't know if you realize, Dave, but it's Mm. just like some of the things that he brings back in that run are like seminal things, so that's Mm. supposed to be the first time that 
Superman ever fought Zod um, since pre, you know, pre-crisis stuff because right. he never really fought Zod after. And I know Connor might listen to this and argue with me, and he might be right, but I know like the different times he fought Zod. One time it was from a parallel dimension. One time it was the weird Azarello story where he was like a dream or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just interesting. Some of the things he brought back, like I think he also reestablishes the Fortress of Solitude. Um, in the new Krypton stuff, where before that, I don't know what Superman uses the fortress. You guys have read more of the Joe Kelly stuff than me, but I guess did he not have the classic Fortress of Solitude that you know uh, now, now it looks like the one from the movies? In the nineties, he had a fortress. Um, okay. Uh, f- f- uh, ever ever since the movies, his fortress has pretty much looked like the Donner. Okay. Uh, See, I thought fortress. I guess that in this in the 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 what's it called new krypton stuff i thought that was him establishing his fortress for the first well, time again, jo- well john byrne had he had a fortress in the john byrne stuff and all that again it was mainly just it was very similar to the movie one where it's mainly just ice um with a little bit of technology so it's not as barren as the movie one but it's like it's kind of got that like diamond uh, oh, okay well i guess maybe... oh, okay okay well then maybe i'm wrong about that then uh, well, but there was definitely some things that he just brought back to no, the I character agree. that i that were important, you know. And he recontextualized them as well, Adam, you know? Yeah. Um, how about the bit uh, right at the start where I loved it, where he's like, um, you'll be free to move among the people of Earth, but never forget, although you look like one of them, you are not one of them. And I was like, man, I'm hearing Marlon Brando come through, you know, loud and clear. Right. And I mean, isn't that an exact line from the movie or is, no? It is. It is. Yeah, it is. But I, I thought it was weird that he didn't look like uh, Brando, but then you, you see the, the juxtaposition where... This Superman is going crazy to that news, you know? Um, and I was like, man, he's real bratty. But then I kind of understood it because he, he wanted to be, he didn't want to be different kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think bratty would be fair to say at all. I mean, the whole thing that he's going through now is that he can't, you know, play with other kids or anything. and. Sure. You know, going through well, a yeah, lot. I mean, that's point, at, at this point, he's he's going through all these changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's hurting people. You know, stuff's coming out of his eyes. But at this point, his parents haven't told him that he's an alien. Yeah, then, yeah. and then they're being so revealed. you know, he's already got that stress of what's wrong with me? Why am I different? Yeah, and, and then and then else? your parents go show you a ship and say you're actually an alien. Mm. Well, at that point, probably your whole world just probably comes crashing. You feel like your whole world's just come crashing down around your ears. Sure. And I think a really cool way to make the Legion feel so important is yes. that, you know, he's struggling with this and then he finds the Legion who are other kids like him yep. where, you know, he doesn't have to worry about laser beaming uh, Phantom Girl whenever she kisses him or that might not be in this story. That might be in a different one, but Actually, that's no. happens at the point. Well, I really like the, the, the glasses. I like the explanation for the glasses. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, I thought there was a good way of like, you know, because again, before it was like, oh, he just put on glasses at the disguise. But I like that this way it explains, like, he started wearing glasses young, so you start associating glasses with like it, but it was also a way to stop the... Vision. So it was made from the ship, so that I his heat that. vision wouldn't come out. Like I, I love that, man. And, and they were the same size his whole life. Yeah. yeah. Well, his mother said he'll grow into them, and he did. <laughs> no, that was cool. Um, how about how he just brushes Lana off big time? Big time brushes Lana Lang, um, you know when she. Yeah, you know, I can be honest. That's the only part of the story where I was actually thinking about it, and I thought to myself, 
you know, it sucks. You've got this kid who's like, oh, I don't belong. I don't fit in. No one gets me. But here you have Lana who, who gets you. Yeah. Like, who loves you and accepts you for who you are. And uh, he kind of just, like, has no, like, just couldn't care. Like I don't think it's him. that. I think it's that he feels wrong. Like, he's wrong because he's an alien. Like, he just doesn't feel like he should... I don't know. Like, like I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I, I feel like from what I saw, that was certainly a character he could he. I felt he should feel that he could talk to. Yeah. I, oh, I agree with that. I think it was more just you know him feeling kind of fucked up. But yeah, it's a good point. But then again, I suppose if you do that, then it's hard for like the Legion thing because as I said, it gives that more importance. But again, again, well, again, we come back to dialogue when he comes back from the Legion and he's in the kitchen telling his, his mother and father about like the adventure it's written exactly how like a teenager would yeah. would like tell a story and like oh my and then this oh you i'm not lying and it's like i believe you so and it's like i was like jesus just feels so natural reading this yeah it was good man like there's there's a lot to like in this and and, and seeing the legion as well adam like i could have done with more legion and don't forget in the legion of superheroes lana lang comes into the future and it's like the insect girl or something from memory isn't she adam yeah, in the Silver Age, but I think hmm. that's probably not going to be canon here. Well, I don't think it I ever care. was canon. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, it was canon. Um, <laughs> she know, becomes like the bee character? Was it a bee Insect. character? Insect Queen. Yeah. And um, it's pretty hilarious, actually. And yeah. um, and then we've got... Uh, and also, Pete Ross comes to the future because he, he found it on the camping trip that Superman... That Clark Kent Super, Super, Superboy. Yeah, um, and how many times did we hear that recapped in our... <laughs> Legion <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I just want to name the Legionnaires. Um, I'm pretty good at this by now, Adam. Uh, Drew Damsel, um, yep. Brainiac 5, and... Uh, no, actually, she's still Triplicate Girl in this. Yeah, she oh, is. He's That's right. Yep. That is a good point. Yeah, she's Triplicate Girl. And then uh, Phantom Girl? Yep. With the P? Yeah, looking, looking pretty good. Really, can I just say, go to page 74 for a really bad facial expression by Gary Frank. Um, you know. See, I don't. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's definitely goofy. Where he's like, yeah. you know, he's like he's not afraid to make them look unflattering. But if you think about it, like in everyday life, yeah. not all of your faces are that flattering. But you know, yeah, no, that's, that's a good his point. His head just but, but, but you know what? He has gotten so much better because this. Don't forget, this is still a fairly like young uh, um, Frank. Like, yeah. well, not a seasoned. Frank, I mean, if you look at Beanstack um, uh, I mean, Clock and you look at um, Geiger now, so much better. Yeah. I mean, like, he's been around since um, 90s. Peter David Hulk, though. Yeah, Hulk. Yeah. No, no, no. But Super what I'm Girl. saying is that, like, if you look at an artist, right, when when they start, it's very, like, almost sloppy in a way. It's very, like, yeah. it's, it's not great. Then there's, like, a middle part where you can see them oh, coming okay. into their own. Yeah, and, that middle and, part. and they hone in the skill. You can see that skills improving. It's yeah. it's becoming top notch. And then you get to the point now mm. where if you look at Gary Frank, you just go, "Fuck, what a like yeah. top tier talent." Yeah. So this is where he's still he's he's in that he's getting in that zone. He's craft. Yeah. He's getting to that craft. And now if you look at his stuff, it's like a hundred times better than. And this is still good. Yeah, but his stuff now is a hundred times better than his good stuff. No, I hear you. Well, yeah, and I would say this is, you know, considerably better than when he started on Superman with Superman and the Legion. Like, this is only three years later, but there's a lot lot more faces in there where I'm like, ugh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a good well, you know what? Too. And a lot of artists do this. After he did that, he probably said to himself, I need to work on faces. Yeah. It was the same thing I did. Like when I first started drawing um, and I started getting better, I was terrible at hands. Like hands and fingers was a real problem for me. And so I worked and I kept drawing, drawing hands. So you'll probably find he spent a lot of time drawing faces <laughs> after that. After yeah. that series. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, can I say as well, because uh, I'm watching Smallville, um, and I've just reached season two, but I um, am used to the story with Lex's father being like a businessman as well, but in this one he's just like a drunk. And Lex does... Does Lex kill him for the insurance? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Lex is just flat out evil. Like, in fact, Su- Superboy accidentally <laughs> saves him from the... saves the father from his first attempt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the the businessman father's normally a thing, is it, uh, Rich? I'm I think sure. that's only. I think that's only in Smallville, honestly. Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, it might be the burn stuff too. I don't know, but I know Snyder tried to make that canon um, yes. with his Justice yeah. League, though. Yeah. I, 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 I you know what? Was. If I remember from the burn stuff, he always spoke negatively of his father, and that I think that he came from a poor background. Right. Okay. If, I, if I'm not... remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure he said he came from like a poor. Right. And I know, think but... in that he was uh, he grew up with Perry White instead of Superboy. <clears throat> I, th- if I remember. Well, they had some connection really? or some really some ties. I think. Really. I, I haven't read it in a while. Maybe it wasn't grown up, but you know, definitely. Well, no, in the younger days or something. Like, I think yeah. when maybe Perry White was a reporter. Like a... a, a How a, a uninteresting... How massively uninteresting is Smallville without Superboy? Like, honestly, how many stories of young Clark Kent would you really read if he didn't have the powers to be Superboy? Like, what's the point? You know? Well, the, that's why they didn't really do yeah. many stories. Well, I'm not surprised... Era. Yeah, well, you, that, well, if you're talking about the John Byrne, yeah, they never, they never really told any stories in in Smallville. And, and, and yeah, don't, don't get me started. But like that, just that's just a gigantic error on DC's part. Um, you know, and like all because fucking John Byrne had to be all modernized, and we couldn't have Superboy, hey, we couldn't have Legends. It helps if you read the stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's why I, I, I try and tell Davis all the time. When when they first created Superman, right? He couldn't even fly. He didn't have a dog. There was no monkey. There was no horse. So there was no Supergirl. Yeah, there was so no what? Superboy. What about right? Streaky? All what about that Streaky? Sort of stuff came later. What they wanted to do was strip Superman to make him feel unique again. Right. Because it had got to the point where there was literally two supermen running around and a superboy and a crypto and a monkey and a horse and a supergirl. And Streaky. And, and Streaky the supercat. Yeah, and a cat, sorry. Yes. And all they wanted to do was say, listen, we need to make Superman feel unique yeah. and special again. One of a kind. All and right. yes, over the years, guess what? They started adding all that shit back in again, but yeah. they just wanted to start again with just Superman. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm just giving you a time, dude. It's okay. I mean, I don't know why I'm too worried because this is showing it, it was all brought back anyway. So I guess I don't need to worry too yeah. much. Yeah. And then it got written out with New Fifty Two, yeah. and then it got brought <laughs> back. With, uh, but then he brought this yeah, exact but, origin but, back, I think, for Doomsday Clock. But, but so. you know what? I, I'm these days. I'm I'm almost more chilled out with it. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll make my own canon up in my own head, and I can read my stories and just enjoy them. Dave, that's the healthiest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> that's really the way. And I'm not making fun of you. That's really the way. 
that we should be going about this. You know, we shouldn't yes. get upset when something's sure. out of continuity because ultimately it's only in continuity if I read the story or if I remember so the story, you know? Yeah, so that's so true. And I mean, I think when you delve into a character with the longevity of Superman and his consistency in terms of his product, it's inevitable that there's going to be endless reboots and you know, edits and, you know, recontextualizing and then this and that. It's, 80, it's, it's all going to over happen. 80 years, over yeah. 85 years. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, look, I'm going to give this, let me think. Uh, I, I think it deserves a nine. Um, and I think uh, it's as much for what I think as an enclosed Superman story that you could hand to someone to get them into the character. I, I think it's a very, very good example. Um, yeah, and then I think also if you think about how well it works with his actual run that he had, yep. you know, I think that makes it all the more impressive. No, yeah, for sure. No, it's a it's a very impressive book. I, I had high expectations of it, um, and they were satisfied. I, I really think that um, it's, uh, yeah, and I, and I enjoy Birthright too. This is a bit more classic. Um, this is a bit more oh, like yeah. if you if you like Superman the movie and you, you want to touch a few bases with the character, um, this is, you know, I, I, I think they're two really good companion volumes to have as an origin though as well, you know? For um, sure. Both great. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you guys, what are your, just real quick, what's your favorite Superman story? Uh, you can answer. Oh, I know Dave's. Do you? It's that Green Lantern story, ten out of ten. <laughs> That's close. <laughs> close. No, it's uh, uh, it's the uh, Man Who Has Everything one. I'm sure of it. Uh, oh yeah, it sounds. That's, like uh, it I've got three. I've got three. No, you can only pick one. Well, I. You said, what's your favorite? Not your top three. What's your favorite? He said, "What's your favorite?" Well, only one. I've got I've got three. One of them. No, my, one. one of them. One of them is Must There Be a Superman. One of them is uh-huh. Truth, Justice, and the American Way. I love that Joe Kelly issue. Um, okay. That might be my favorite. And then Man Who Has Everything. Yeah, actually, you know what? It's Man Who Has Everything or or, um, or Truth, Justice, and the American Way. What which Must There Be a Superman? Is that the one where you said he goes back in time? Or... No, it's like um, the Guardians again actually pull him up and say that he's... he's um, uh, what do you call it? Like impacting on the world too much. He's holding humanity back. By being there too much for them, oh, and, okay. and okay. it's pretty good. Like you know, it's um, it's a seventies issue. I, I read it in a collection. I, I had a greatest Superman stories ever told collection in the nineties, and that had man who has everything in it as well, which I do oh, love. Okay. Um, I might have that. Okay. Truth, just America way is very good as well. With the I didn't like it at the time, but I didn't really get what it was doing. But I think I should revisit it now that I know yeah, more there's about. There's a lot. Like, of, there's the a lot of good ones though, because I mean that covers a lot of territory, like world's finest and stuff. There's a lot of good Superman stories. What about you, Rich? Uh, honestly, my ap- if I had to pick an absolute favorite, it would probably be the death of Superman. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Okay. Or just, just the because issue I itself, just, or... it just it, I just remember how like deeply it hit me when I was, you know, reading that for the first time, mm. like when it's coming out. And and uh, one thing I really loved, because uh, I watched the making of it, mm. uh, yeah. the documentary of it, and what and it's something, again, it, 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 we talk about the things where you don't even notice it, or it's not something that registers, which shows you that it's what a good job they've done, is that when they got to the final, uh, when, when they got to the last few issues, right, mm. 
the panels actually counted down. Uh huh. Yeah. So the issues like, would go yeah. five page spreads and. Yeah, so there would be like let's say six six panel uh, six panels per page, and then the next issue would have four panels, uh, five panels per page, then four panels per page, then two panels, and then like one, like wow. everything was yeah. like a splash page, and that was the last one. That's the one where he died, and that's when you got the big splash open up. In... Spo- spoilers, kids. <laughs> well, it's called the death of Superman, so I can't. I'm just <laughs> I think it's spoiled in the title, Dave. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I know, but. Um, that, that's in my favorite note of the scene. It's got one of my favorite scenes where, you know... Um, She's holding him. Martha uh, and, and Jonathan are literally burying a box of baby toys on the farm because Jesus. that's the only funeral they can have for him. Because well, obviously, bring the mood down, Rich. Like, out of all the... No, no, but stuff. I'm saying it's, it's powerful. I love... Was I that love the funeral for a friend writing. stuff? Yeah. Uh, no, I... Kind of, I think, yeah. So the whole world, like, is basically having this massive funeral yeah, okay. for Superman... And at the same time, if he is his two parents, yeah, they kind of take all they all they can bury of him is his is a little box of his baby toys, which wow. you know that's all they have. And I just thought to myself, that's just that's good writing, man. That's it just yeah. it, it made me feel. And so that's probably my favorite. I never, but uh, I never got around to that middle part with the. Uh, you should read it. There's some good stuff in there. But I I could pretty much pick up most of the John Byrne <laughs> run. As my favorite, and a lot of the Jeff Johns run as well. Um, got a question Jeff for you, Rich. Got a question for you because I've not read that funeral for offense stuff. Um, I thought it was too wallowing in too much misery. How is Batman during the proceedings? Did he hold? Oh, up he joke? weeps like a fucking does he bitch man. He's does just he? crying. <laughs> really? Robin has to like take him out oh, and bullshit. be like, Jesus, muck up, man. He's like fucking buck up. Uh, I'm just wondering how, how affected was he, or was he kind of like trying to sort of minimize? Oh, you know, he's, the, he's that guy that's trying to hold in the tears, you know, yeah. be like, man, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, Dave, you have to remember, though, too, that at that point, they really didn't have much history together. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because it's yeah. after crisis. Yeah, no, that's what I was kind of wondering. Because if it was in the Bronze Age, it would have just been, you know. Put it this way, he had he had better thoughts than when Green Lantern fucking died. Oh, yeah. When and they had a funeral for him, yeah. and he was like, fuck that guy. Yeah, he yeah. was like, yeah. Even at the funeral, he was still talking bad about him, kind of trash-talking him a bit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how can we be fucking doing this for that bastard? Yeah, he was. He really actually was doing that. It was pretty yeah. funny, yeah. Um, I could see Batman, like, uh, standing next to Lois, and Lois has these, like, uh, the... Uh, like the widow's veil over her face, and then Batman has one over his face too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. By the way, um, I actually always really like the return of Superman. I don't know Me what you feel about that, Rich. Uh, can I say this? I had in the nineties. I bought that. I had a big, thick um, trade paperback of that Return of Superman, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a really good. But I mean, that's a lot thicker though. Yeah, it's like it's uh, really Death, of, Death of Superman is literally like a, I would say a third, even maybe a quarter of yeah. that collection. So it's it's much different. I mean, if Return of Superman is a big read if you want to read it. It's very good. It's good fun. Very, very good. What about you? And by Adam, the way, if you want favorite? good Superman and Batman, just read any of the Jeff Loeb Superman Batman collections. For oh, sure. For like sure, any yeah. of them. I mean, start with Public Enemies because that's just fantastic. But any Jeff Loeb, the Superman Batman collection. Buy that because that is some of the best Batman and Superman together. Hundred percent. I bought like, that in singles. I bought that in singles that, as it came out. It's excellent. There's that cool one where the the Legion of Supervillains raised Batman and Superman. I always thought that was kind of oh, weird. geez, that one was dark. Yeah, my favorite Superman though was uh, All Star Superman, probably. 
even though there's good. still parts of it that I'm not sure I fully understand. It's very good. Uh, yeah. I, I, you good. know what? I like it, but I wouldn't say it's my f- in anywhere close to my favorite, just because I'm not a huge fan of the, the scientist Superman. Well, that's fair. And the very, it's very uh, Silver Age. Yes. Oh, I see Marvel Unlimited have got a new, just while we're talking, I've looked, they've got a new design on their... Um, I haven't looked at Marvel Unlimited for a few weeks, and they've got a new design on their um, their page. They did a big revamp on it, and it's got a lot of like um, exclusive stuff too now. I'm just looking on my shelf. The one you're talking about uh, with the Batman Superman is Absolute Power. Right. Yeah, I, I remember actually. I really liked that one, and then the next one, which wrapped up his run. I forget what it was called, but um, where uh, McGinnis comes back. Uh, that might be Vengeance. Think so. Yeah, I, I, I read think so. it all. I read it all as it was coming out. I collected it. I really enjoyed that run, and I constantly go back and forth of whether I should buy that omnibus. Um, yeah, you should if you want another omnibus. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but there's a lot of omnibuses. I mean, what's in the omnibus? Is it just the lobe stuff? Because if so, I'd say yes. They're full. Like... They're full run plus the Joe Kelly annuals. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, the Loeb one is a, is a good four volumes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty thick. Yeah, I think it did like 26 issues. Yeah, it's good. I, I own it all digitally. I mean, I look, I, I, I read it all the time and I really enjoyed it, but I just didn't quite love, love it, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. By the way, a very those... underrated Superman is Panic in the Sky. Yeah, we Dave did, did that on the show, yeah, didn't he? we did that on the show and I, I didn't love it. I. I struggled with it a bit. Rich no, no, no. It's not in my top favorite. I'm just saying it's underrated because it's it's got a good story in there with uh, um, Brainiac and and it's got all the DC heroes in it. Basically, even Deathstroke's in it. Mono. Um, yeah. Did yeah. you ever? Uh, do you like uh, Time and Time Again? I've never read it. I've got to. I've got to rack my brain now. I don't even remember. Uh, basically, he's going through time. Like he goes to Camelot, and then he goes to the Legion's time, and then he goes somewhere else, and then he'll go back to the Legion's time, and the Legion are different. But yeah, I've never read it. Um, what era is it, man? It's like right after. Oh yes, yes, yes. I do know that one. Um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a John Byrne one, isn't it? I thought it was after Burn, but it could be. Burn. Oh well, I mean, uh, after, like I mean, it's a, uh, it's, it's in that era, yeah. In that era, that era of Superman. Yeah. Yes, I think Jeremy. I remember. This. There's something that happens. There's some sort of like I think it's an explosion or something, and it's it's bad. It's almost like quantum leaping him through time. Yeah, something to that effect. But but he's bouncing all over the place. It's not like a linear thing. Like yeah. he's going back, then forward, then almost to the normal time, and then forward again and then back again yeah I, I have read that actually long time ago but i have read that that's pretty decent yeah no I'd, I'd be interested in checking that out and we could certainly do that at some point on the show but look it has been a long show it's been a great show i think uh adam thank you very much for coming on for taking time in your day um i hope you can enjoy the rest of your day now saving the knowledge that you've recorded a classic yeah, um, thanks, man. I got the house to myself today, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, yeah. I mean, you've certainly given me a bit of hate during the show. Jesus Christ, a couple of times I've had to fend off some bouncers. Oh, right. that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So, some, some people have, you know, sometimes, you know, you just need a little heat check. You know, you're always throwing heat. <laughs> sometimes oh, you get no, no. burned. Actually, you know what? If you if, if you want to put it in Dave terms, you just say sometimes you've got to give him a, a bouncer. <laughs> 
Um, no, but thank you very much, Adam. And of course, thank you, Rich, as well. Solid as always, Rich. It feels like you could have done another four hours. Um, now, I do want to say we obviously got, um, we'll probably do another Dread or Dead or another Legion Outpost shortly, Adam. Um, obviously, we're going to have the Steve Englehart interview this week. That'll be up during the week um, that Rich and I are doing. And still a chance to get some questions in and think about Chuck Dixon questions as well, because he's not far away either. Um, and that's going to be another classic interview. I can't wait to get Chuck behind the microphone again. Um, a lot of stuff has, has been going on since the last time we spoke to him that he's got going on, so that's going to be fantastic. Did you see Joe Bennett actually signed with Arkhaven Comics dr during the week as well? You know Joe Bennett of Hulk fame after he got um, bounced out of Marvel? He is now working with Chuck Dixon on a new project. Um, I saw that on Chuck's Facebook uh, earlier today. Um, that Ark that Ark stuff must be doing pretty. I believe Chuck said they, well. they had the two millionth download or subscriber or something uh, the other day. So, yeah, they I think that you know they're doing quite well for themselves. By the way, I just wanted to point. Someone pointed this out to me after we had that discussion about Joe Bennett. Right, is uh, funny uh, or oh, so convenient that Al Ewing uh, has doesn't want to work with Joe Bennett anymore after his books come to an end. Yeah, there's a little. Yes, I agree. Al Ewing famously too too hot for um we're too hot for him. He famously blocked us uh, many years <laughs> I ago. I remember you took that very well, personally. He blocked you. I don't have a Twitter to block. Yeah, so what, what, what's hilarious? <laughs> what's hilarious and what's a fucking joke is he his his stupid blockchain's not clever enough to work out Sigil of Doom. So Sigil of Doom still has access to his tweets. And believe you me, I, I watch it with a close fucking eye if he's if he's gonna fall across the line with me one day, you know. Just waiting for a scandal. I'm just waiting for Put him on blast. I basically have. <laughs> no, in fairness to Al Ewing, actually, frankly, I, I, all joking aside, I've liked pretty much, not, not love, but liked pretty much everything I've ever read. So, uh, it's a, and only spoken positively about him other than for his stupid chain blocks, which I think are some of the worst shit that's possible. Blocking people, you know, without knowing who they are, I just think it's a gigantic waste of time and a misuse of time. And says more I kind of disagree with you. I mean, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, it's annoying if you get blocked if you don't want to, but it's also like social media is kind of a waste of time anyway. So if you can just sure. block out a lot of the noise that you don't really care about. Yeah, that's fine. I, so technically, I self-block. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're the smartest one of all by just not being on it. You're not even on it. Yeah. That's right. Now, I'll tell you something that's really fucking annoying before I go. I'm on the new Marvel Unlimited, and you've got to put in your favorite characters... Uh, where's Punisher? I want Ooh. Punisher. Like, it's got... You can get started by following your favourite characters. Okay. Um, excuse no, me. No, only the approved favourite yeah, characters. Yeah, wh wh where's fucking Punisher? You I... have to You have to look for his new name. It's the Rehabilitator. <laughs> this is bullshit of the... Like, you... you like, like, He's got a happy face you, instead of a skull. You you can choose Mystique. Oh, I'd can... rather read that than if they made him the Antifa or something like that. <laughs> this is absolutely pathetic. And, and I'm going to have something to say to one C.B. Sabolsky. Um, <laughs> anyway, C.B. Sabolsky's just put himself on blast. We've had a couple of weeks. We've been getting along. Chicken shit hat. Yeah, we've, yeah Tom Briefart. Um, yeah, for a couple of weeks, me and CB, it's been on friendly terms. We've been walking in the park and stuff, you know, chatting, this and that. That's all over. That's all over. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, weren't you asking for some kind of collection earlier? Or no, that was DC. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> yeah. 
Um, look, I want to say thank you to everyone. Please follow us on the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Signal of Doom. Uh, my own Twitter accounts at Red Lantern two zero five one. Obviously, hit the Patreon for a little as you know a coffee per month. The cost of a coffee you can support the show. It all goes towards show costs, which are always there running in the background. You know, uh, you're not talking to Bruce Wayne. Anything's appreciated. Do I need to grovel? I will. But uh, on that note, I want to say thank you to all my co-hosts and good night. Good night.